The Carl Nelson Show. You're rocking with the most awesomest. All right, let's go. Well, and thanks for getting up with us again, later, futuristic researcher. Sadiqi Bakari will update us on the latest AI, artificial intelligence developments. Before Brother Sadiqi, holistic Dr. Haru will check in to discuss his new cancer eradication book. But to get us started, Baltimore's black man unifying black men's Michael Johnson is here. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to all your listeners. Thank you for uh, including me in what I consider is the best talk show on the planet. All right, let's get started, Mike, because we're in the election season, and, and it really kicks off next month. And there was some concern about the coverage of some of the races. I want to get your thoughts, especially some of the local races by the media. Well, especially in uh, Baltimore City, we have a uh, mayor, mayor, I always get that wrong, but a mayor's race, a city council president's race, city council members, controllers' race, uh, and obviously some ballot issues. And it just has been going that the uh, the media has not been really, really aggressive in trying to balance this thing out fairly. Now, we know one of the candidates is being sponsored by one of the most conservative television stations uh, in Baltimore City, uh, who also just bought the largest daily newspaper, uh, uh, with Armstrong Williams included. And uh it's it, it, they're actually blocking uh, most of the candidates from even any type of coverage. I think you have three strong candidates. I think you have the current mayor. I think you have the former mayor. And then you have, of course, Bob Wallace, who, who got over 52,000 votes just as an independent last time. But the media is being very, very uh, selective in who it's covering, how it's covering, and like they're trying to almost manage – what is the favorites, as we say? And we know that Bob Wallace is probably one of the most, uh, to some folks, a dangerous black man. Why? He's not taking any money from um, uh, PACs. He's not taking any money from special interests. He's getting money just from the people. And he put $200,000 of his own funds uh, in his campaign. So when you're unbought and unbossed, you become really a dangerous person in this city, which is always bought and paid for. Uh, politician. Well, let me ask you this. What, what do you think's behind it, though? What What are they trying to prove? Who do they want to get in and why? Well, it's, 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 it's about control. It's always been control within our community. It's about control. Who can you control? And the next mayor will be responsible for generations of, uh, of, of solutions, generations of uh, funding, and generations of financing. And when you can't control a black man or a black woman, uh, that's very difficult to be able to call it out. Baltimore is in a flux right now. It's, it's, it's coming out of almost 10 years of the last riot that we had after the, uh, the death of Freddie Gray in the hands of the police officers. It's had uh, mayors that have left under under unfortunate conditions, breaking the law in particular. And now you have a situation where the media is saying, well, you know, it would be better if we controlled who this narrative is. 
and the narrative they would like to control really is coming out of the uh, Sinclair Broadcasting Network, uh, which controls uh, uh, very conservative uh, television medias across this country, not just in Baltimore and, and Detroit and other places. And then they come with, we always joke that they do nine minutes of talking about the city and black elected officials. And then the next 59 minutes is in support of Donald Trump. And that's exactly what's going on here. Independent black thinkers are not uh, something that we have a lot of in Baltimore City, but we have one on this one. And we feel that the media has been very, very aggressive in assuring that they don't want this intelligent, smart, born in the projects, black man who went to Ivy League school, owned series of businesses, mostly technology and environmental businesses, uh, it doesn't wear his pants below his legs, uh, married to the same woman for 46 years, got five children. And one of his children actually uh, uh, was responsible for some of the group uh, service that delivers to uh, Grubhub. Uh, Grubhub is a co-owner of that. This is a very successful, very intelligent black man. And there's a problem when uh, our community is being asked to select what we, you and I would call the less of uh, of greatness. All right, six after the topic. Let me ask you this: so Recently, we saw what happened to Marilyn Mosby. Do you think? Did they? Do you think they played a role in that conviction? Well, for over two and a half years, I mean, they sat there and just went after this lady over and over and over again. Now, you know, people are some people are guilty as charged, but guilty as charged at, at what? But when you can change the mindset of the people, when you can change the way that people perceive the crime, then a person appears to be more guilty than what is simply an administrative uh, decision that a person may be. I mean, not the best administrative decision, but this particular uh, broadcasting company went after Marilyn Mosby for two and a half years. Now, let me make this clear. I'm not talking about two and a half years once a month. I'm not talking about two and a half years once a week. I'm talking about two and a half years every single day. If they were to add up, I'm sure, the minutes and the hours uh, of the coverage that they did on Sister Marilyn Mosby, uh, I was sure that you would probably see years' worth of time that they used and wasted on this particular case. But prior to that, this same network has gone after seven African-American elected officials. Now, guilty as charged is one thing, but when you have the majority of these people are women uh, who did not break the law, who actually, by going after these women, these women, these sisters, lost their political positions because we buy into the media hype. We buy into, if I say it every day, it must be true. And the problem that we have in Baltimore City more than anything else is we have no black power. We don't talk black power anymore. We don't imagine that black power had gotten us to where we were. And now the lack of black power is getting us where we're going to go. So in your estimation, what is the next move What can, for the folks, the black folks, especially since we're talking about Baltimore right now, because it, it's all nationwide mm-hmm. as well. But what can what can they do who, who are listening to you right now? Well, what they need to do, I would um, uh, uh, suggest to folks, is first thing, you need to pick and choose your media. You need to make a decision of who do you want to talk, listen to, who has your narrative, 
who is talking to the black community? I mean, we have uh, black newspapers, the Afro-American newspaper, uh, uh, David Murphy's uh, paper. Uh, They're all local paper, but on a national scale, because I know you're a national audience, you've got to start listening to who's telling your story. And then you've got to be able to go after the ones that are not telling your story properly or that's dumping onto the black community unfairly. Now, fairly is one thing. Nine after the top. Yeah, it seems like maybe just um, Mike's phone dropped. I was looking around to see who it is. It looks like his line dropped. But yet, family just joining us and just waking up. Mike Johnson's with us. Mike is part of Baltimore's Black Men Unifying Black Men, and he's sounding the alarm about some of the media coverage in the city of Baltimore when it comes to politics, and, and not just politics alone, but the coverage of, of the black community in, in Baltimore. And I've heard this report before from many residents in Baltimore about one-sided coverage in the media, and that's why it's important for us to control our own media. When we control our own media, we can say what we want to say and have our people tell you what to say, not to have people try to put thoughts into your mind and, and then, you know, you believe it because they said it. Some folks, unfortunately, still believe that the white man's ice is colder, his sugar sweeter, and his water wetter. And as a, a doctor, uh, Jerome Fox will be here tomorrow, and he'll explain well, that some people are still addicted to white, so they're still seeking that white, you know, validation or whatever they do. Is Mike back with us yet? Yes, I'm I'm here. Thank you, and sorry for that. I'm sure that uh, that wasn't uh, on my end or yours. Uh, <laughs> I just I believe, uh, as you you're saying, some people even think that you know the other community is the community that's going to tell your story. I mean, they come in on Black History Month, and for the next 28, 29 days, two days left here, they will act like they have been doing this all every year. You and I know that Black History is every day, every minute, every second of our life. And so we sit, and then we get, you know, co- uh, people who cooperate, people who come on the same networks that beat down on black people every single day and will stand there and call themselves an activist and call themselves an organizer and call themselves a leader in our community just to say what the man just said to you was true because I'm standing here t- telling you that I endorse that. I am very clear that not only the loss of, of, of Sister Marilyn Mosby in the election had less to do than her trials that was going on and more to do with the constant, constant beat up of uh, her in the media. And I do have to give uh, Ivan Bates a credit, the current uh, state's attorney, is that he never got into that noise. Now, the other candidate, uh, Tarun Nicaragua, uh, uh, who is uh, from, from India, uh, he was all over it, I mean, because he was financed. And this is the third time he's been financed, and now he's back in the mayoralty race. And so you've got to watch out who they're backing. And that's the key, because we don't have the medium or the media. We have WLB, we have Radio 1, who puts out what they can put out at at all times. And so we tend to listen to them as much as we can. We do have uh, one of the university's uh, radio stations here. Uh, uh, Morgan University has a great radio station. We do have great uh, newspapers as well as great national newspapers. But all throughout the country, the media is being bought up 
by conservative organizations whose primary responsibility is to weaken the black power throughout this country. Sometimes we give them, you know, as my daddy used to say, sometimes we give them bread, though. We, we feed them enough mess in order for them to go there. But we've got to have a balance. And fortunately for, for me, I've got Carl Nelson at least up to 10 o'clock that I can listen to, and I know that I'm going to get this straight, Jimmy. I'm going to get exactly what needs to do. But black power no one talks about uh, in Baltimore City anymore. I grew up uh, uh, in the era when black power was getting us elected council people and elected delegates and elected Congress people and elected mayors eventually. But now you ask a black politician, are you a black politician? And they'll look at you and tell you straight up, no, I'm a politician who happens to be black. And that is very dangerous because we don't need yeah. black faces as they're not talking about black voices. We don't need black. Yeah, hold that thought right there, Mike. We got to take a short break yes, and let people digest what you just said because it's very, very accurate. And I got a tweet question for you. I mean, you can marinate on this tweeted question. Tweet, tweet. This person's not in Baltimore, but he says that black women are being attacked nationwide. I want you to address that as well. 14 after the top of the hour, I guess this is from Black Men, Unifying Black Men in Baltimore. His name is Michael Johnson. You'd like to join this discussion with him? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. We'll take your calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 96.9 and AM 1450. WOL, or information is power. And good morning, family. 20 minutes after the top of the hour, our guest is Mike Johnson. Mike works with the activist group in Baltimore, Black Men Unifying Black Men. And he's talking about the, the attacks on some of our sisters and the, uh, how the media is complicit in this. And before we left, we had a tweeter who says it's not just in Baltimore. It's also it's all across the country. This person, I guess his tweeter isn't in Baltimore. And it reminds me that uh, in St. Louis, they're going after Cory Bush, Congresswoman Cory Bush as well. But I'll let you respond to that tweeter's question that it's, it's nationwide. They're going after the sisters. And, and if maybe you can tell us why, why they're going after black women, Mike. Well, you know, you, you, you want to go. The, the bloodline of the black family is the black woman. I mean, that's where we all come out. No one has come out of a man. So we've all come out of black women. And it, this began a while ago. I mean, you could think about Serena Williams when she was playing uh, tennis. Uh, they called her angry. They didn't call her good. They would call her angry in the beginning. Oh, she plays very angrily. And then you have uh, even a young girl, Shakar Richardson, who's a track, who's a who's a track runner uh, right now, who is um, uh, uh, and and Coco Gall, uh, the tennis player. I mean, they're going after these strong images of black women. And then you look at it, and then even the way that they went at Beyonce because she decided to do a country western song, which is now number one in Europe and number one in America anyway. So if you go after the black woman, you go after the soul of the black family. Black men have been holding and doing the best they can and getting beat down, stabbed, assassinated, and even uh, shot and killed sometimes within their own communities. But the black woman has always been the, the matriarch, the one that stands up in the end and, and will cry at your funeral, will tell you about the injustice. So when you – this whole attack on black women is really a whole attack on the black family. 
And what we've done is that we've and, and I and a lot of black men have admitted this in our conversations during black men uh, unifying black men preferences that we have. Some black men have let black women down because we haven't protected them. Marilyn Mosby should not. The former state's attorney should not have been going to court with two and three people. She should have been always going to court with a, lo- a large group of people. There is a sister here in Baltimore who complained about the bicycle lanes that are carving through the black community. And what did they do to get the white gentleman who uh, disagreed with her, put her picture of her house on social media so that thousands of people would know where she lived at. And yet sometimes, yet I haven't seen a, a rousing effect. I've seen people like Doc, uh, Dr. Uh, 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 Andre Bunley and the rest of his crew have come out and, and, and supported uh, some of these um, uh, attacks on black women. But we haven't done enough because as soon as they finish attacking the black women, of course, they're attacking the black family. But that's why I keep pushing the issue that we don't talk about black power because black power is black women, black power are black men, black power is black institutions. And that doesn't make me anti-white. That just make me uh, that just makes me pro-black. I don't think any of my Jewish friends that I have many of, Orthodox Jews in particular that I have many friends of, they're not anti-black. Uh, they're just pro-Israel and they're pro-Orthodox. So no matter my political scale of where I may disagree or agree on things, I recognize that other nationalities are pro-nationalities and the black community is being attacked because they're putting up you know, I know a lot of people don't say, well, we can't call him Uncle Tom's because of who did Uncle Tom was when you read the book. So I'll just use Uncle Clarence Thomas's that we are down being put in front of us uh, on the media, on the uh, talk shows, on different levels are softening the situation. And the young people I'm more concerned about because when they don't know the difference between a Sarah Vaughn and a, and a Beyonce, I get concerned. All right. Hold that thought right there, because we've got some folks who want to talk to you, Mike. 25 at the top of the Let's go out west out California. David's on line three. Good morning, David. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Is David with us on line three? All right, let's, let's go to line two then. Mark's in Baltimore. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning. How you doing, gentlemen? Hey, Mike. Uh, hey, Mark. He's like, like a brother to me, man. Um, you know, but here in Baltimore, I'm, uh, um, I kind of, you know, take a different you know, approach because nobody tell me what power I had. Nobody told me how to raise my children. Nobody told me how to do nothing. The only thing that ever depressed me was addiction for 15 years. And when I started doing the Godfrey spiritual fit footwork to get out of that, I've been clean for over 33 years. Here in Baltimore, I think that we give, you know, our power away. And we call each other out. And those women that you're talking about, uh, let's start with Sheila Dixon with the $600 um, uh, uh, gift cards and all that kind of stuff. 
um, she paid a heavy price. She had to stop. Uh, she couldn't go for office for five years. She had to resign as mayor. The, the, the murders was the lowest they had been, and she was doing uh, working with Bundy and Tyrone Powers and all them kind of stuff. And 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 so she paid a heavy price for that. She went and did counseling with uh, my man over in D.C., uh, Ryan Barry, you know, and stuff like that. Catherine Pugh. Uh, um, we had black men that was calling for her resignation. One of them was our current mayor, Brandon Scott. <laughs> you know, so we throw each other under the bus here in Baltimore, and we we don't even deal with with the young people that's out here homeless and 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 the young people we had went from we went from three thousand car stealings um, call in 2022 to. Eleven thousand last year. And Mark, do us a favor and put in a question for him so so that Mike can respond. And, 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 and Mike, let me say this: you talked about Linda Bat because Marilyn Mosby called out. Um, I she called out the people that that's what she called out, and Nick let her down. She divorced them because she said that 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 he was you know he wasn't dealing with the finances good. But my question is: a lot of people will call you. Um, Black men unifying black men. Now, we was down there with, with Bat the other day down in front of Week's office, and I don't think it was a lot of black men down there. But a lot of times you get caught, you, you know, your organization get caught. Where's black men unifying black men because they just eat breakfast and all that kind of stuff? Mike, address that, man. Well, you know, the two things that I, I want, I, and two things I want to be able to address. There are some people that are guilty of charge. Okay, they serve or do whatever it is that they do. That is not my concern. The uh, other people, the uh, Joan Pratt, uh, Joan Conway, Barbara Robinson, state senator, state senator, controller, who had never broken the law, but yet the same media outreach uh, went after them for almost a year to two years until they were defeated. Not because of what they didn't do, it was because of the way that the media went after them. And as for black men unifying black men, we are not an activist organization. Anybody who knows me knows I'm an organizer. That's what I do. But I have, you know, there are organ, there are groups that are out here that are walking the streets, and groups that are out here that are dealing with the under the underground activity that's going on in our city. But I don't see the same groups standing up for Marilyn Mosby when she's being attacked. I don't see the same groups standing up for uh, the young lady whose house, uh, because I'm not a, 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 a privilege to say her name, uh, who, who house was shown on social media because she disagrees with this white guy about these bike lanes. I haven't seen that. So we know that we do have our own internal problems. But we have to be able to recognize that our internal problems are sometimes organized by outside forces. Once we find out who those outside forces, we need to remove those people from around our organizations. And what we've done too much in the past is money talks, money talks. I've seen an entire black organization of men that I went to a meeting uh, at a school, and they said, oh, we're going to talk about black men issues. And then when I come in there, there's one white guy in the room. And I asked them, who's that guy? Oh, that's the guy from John Hopkins that pays, uh, helped fund this particular event. So we've got to quit inviting the enemy a lot of times into our organizations. 
We've got to start having our own organization conversations. So when there is a problem, we don't hesitate by saying, hey, man, you're not doing the right thing. But we keep inviting. My mama used to say, rest her soul, rest her soul. She kept, would always say, don't bring the devil in my house and don't bring the devil into your organization. And I have been an organizer my entire life, my entire life. And I know one thing that I do know that when you bring the devil into your organization, whatever that devil looks like, your organization will have problems. And at times, we will not back the sisters from Camilla Harris, the vice president. I mean, I've even heard people say, oh, she doesn't act like a vice president. Well, what does a black woman vice president act like? She's the first. She's the first. Serena, and, 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 you know, yeah. Mike, let me jump in here because, you know, uh, and we're yes, going to talk about uh, uh, quite a bit with Brother Siddiqui because now you got AI, you got artificial intelligence running. And, and sometimes that's why you should refrain from having debates or discussions, especially online, because you, you may be de- uh, debating a computer. So uh, and right. they start uh, a lot of those rumors going around uh, about about our black sisters, they, they started with, with uh, uh, Michelle Obama. You know, she's she's, right. one of, she's actually the smartest black first lady that we've had. Two Ivy League degrees, an attorney, Princeton, Harvard. And and, and, and we have black men putting her down, or supposedly black men putting her down. It was just It's just mind-blowing, man, where this stuff starts from. But you're right. We, well, but we've got to be now. That's started. another wrinkle that's in there, the AI. But go it, ahead. It started. Yeah, and, and I believe it started back enslavement. When people were enslaved, you still were going to have people who was going to say, we don't need to run. You're still going to have people that say, Master, they over there. These are the types of people who are now infiltrated these organizations. And I mean every organization, not the organizations you look up to J. Edgar Hoover had sent people in, but these are now people who get in your organization to change the approach. And for someone to suggest that out of the black men unifying black men, we haven't created businesses, we haven't created organizations, we haven't connected people together to buy houses, Kyoba, which is one of the biggest, smartest organizations in Baltimore that a lot of people don't know about. And what they do is they go around, black men are going around and they're buying homes, they're refurbishing and fixing the homes, and they're selling them to, to black folks, making generational wealth. So you got to be careful when people have something to say about your organization. And I'm not speaking of Mark, because Mark is a is a stalwart in our, a stalwart in our community. But you got to be careful when people talk about your organization, because you've got to ask them the question: Well, what are you doing, brother? What are you doing, sister? Uh, Mike, hold that thought right there. We got to take a short break. And David, uh, thank you for staying with us out in California. We will come to you next when we get back. And also Charles in Baltimore, family. You want to join this conversation? Mike Johnson from Black Men Unifying Black Men. Reach out to us at eight hundred four five zero seventy eight seventy six or twenty six away from the top of the hour. We'll take your calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on ten ten W O L B. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM ninety six point nine and AM fourteen fifty W O L. Or information is power.
And good morning once again, family. 22 minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, Mike Johnson. Mike is with the group Black Men, Unifying Black Men, based in Baltimore. Before we go back to um, uh, Mike, let me just remind you, later, come up later this morning, we're going to speak with the futuristic researcher, Brother Siddiqui Bakari. is going to update us on the latest AI, artificial intelligence developments, and they are moving at lightning speed. Before we hear from Brother Siddiqui, though, uh, Holistic Dr. Haru will be here to discuss his new book, Eradicating Cancer. This is a new book, and he's got a new protocol he wants to talk to us about. And tomorrow, as we close out uh, Black History Month 2024, with the GRIO, Professor James Small, and clinical psychologist, Dr. Jerome Fox. So if if you are in Baltimore, make sure your radio's tuned in tight on 1010 WLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. Mike, uh, David wants to get in on this conversation. He's on line three. He's calling from California. Good morning, David. Is David still with us, uh, Kevin? I'm here. Hello. Oh, there you are. Hello. Go ahead, David. Good deal. Yeah, morning, Carl. Yeah, I um, I agree and disagree with your ho- uh, your guest. Uh, hey, Mike. Um, in the women issue, you know, in, there's an old strategy. If if you get a, attacked by a gang of people, uh, it's smartest to go after the biggest one first, and then the rest of them will scatter. And uh, you know, since women are uh, what fifty two percent of the population. Uh, the bully boys in uh, in the right wing are uh, are picking on the women, and because the guys don't stand up for the women, the women then uh, you know disparage against their own men, and so it's a it's a divide and conquer scheme that seems to have worked for centuries, and uh, so it's uh, you know we've got to got to stand up for the women when the bully boys in Congress or in the you know, people like Trump or whatever, the bigots, uh, you know, start picking on the women. we got to stand up for them. And then uh, as that goes, uh, you were talking about Cori Bush in St. Louis. Uh, if I remember right, she was a very strong activist regarding Ferguson. And uh, and so there are I, – I was raised in St. Louis. They don't just have the Klan back there. they got the veiled prophet. And they strutted around in purple robes with uh, purple pointy heads, and uh, and they were the old money. Uh, in fact, Monsanto uh, was one of the uh, uh, the leaders of the, uh, the veiled prophet. So this is an old money uh, clan uh, back in St. Louis, and they really loved the idea of abusing the courts. Uh, if I remember right, Ferguson, one-third of the population of Ferguson was caught up in the court system at any given time. And it was, uh, you know, just something – you talk about chattel slavery. But I, I was just going to ask Mike if he's familiar with uh, Paul Manafort and Roger Stone and their their techniques uh, for uh, divide and conquer. Well, I mean, I, I don't even have to go – I, I don't even have to go – yeah, I don't even have to go that deep. I, I can just go to what we used to have here in Baltimore. Uh, we had the same uh, types of divide and conquer uh, attitudes in here. I mean, J. Edgar Hoover, uh, uh, the, the first person that started the Black Panther Party here in Baltimore, was a, was an agent. So divide and conquer has always been part of the, 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 the organization of those that want to keep our, organ, our communities separate as far back as being enslaved. So this is nothing new for those of us that recognize it. But we have to be careful 
we have to be careful of who we invite to dinner. And that's my point of view, is that there are people that look like us at times and then people that don't look like us, who you will put at the head table. And then at that head table, that person will come right back and, 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 and what they say, steal your china on the way out. So just from my point of view about organizing is, you know, Doc Cheatham is one of the best organizers ever in the history of Baltimore City as far as I'm concerned. And Doc Cheatham would always say, you know, when you open up your door, if you feel that breeze, maybe you need to come outside with the person. Don't let them in. Because you can't keep letting people into your organization. You can't keep letting people speak for you when they have no they have not only don't, don't they have an opinion, but they have no what they call it receipts. I think that's what the young people call it today. They have no receipts in what they do. And we've got to be very, very careful here in Baltimore because what we have in Baltimore is we have people who are talking about the past. When I was in office, this and this and that. And then we have people who are talking about, well, this is the present. This is everything is all good. But who's talking about the generational wealth or the black children and talking about the future? And that's the candidate we need to pay attention to because the dangerous times are coming to Baltimore because it is cheaper to live here. There's a lot of property here. The gentrification is coming in. And because the migration of African-Americans are leaving the city of Baltimore, and in a lot of respect, rightfully so, because who wants to stay around bad schools? Who wants to stay around uh, criminal activity to the point? So the migration comes out, and they only fix the community when the community changes color. So we need to be very, very careful that we recognize that black women are under attack. But when you say black women, you're really talking about the black family. All right. Hold that thought right there, Mike. Got a bunch of folks want to talk to you. Uh, We just spoke with David in California. Charles is in Baltimore on line four. Good morning, Charles. Yes, how's everybody doing today? Hey, Charles. Yeah, I'm listening very carefully, and I'm hearing silent success. And to me, covert action that's unknown to the masses is nonproductive. See, we need A, B, C, and D. A solution, action, accomplishments, and a resolution. Because... I mean, I don't understand what's going on. Y'all keep saying black, and black means bleak or bleach. It doesn't mean what you think it means. And y'all keep talking about all these things that are helping the the other side, their perspective. I don't hear countermeasures. I don't hear A, B, C, and D. I don't hear a solution. I don't hear any action. I don't hear accomplishments right. or a resolution. All right, let's, let's give him a chance I to do that, uh, Charles, because now you're repeating yourself. Let's, let's give Mike a chance, and I well, thank you for your call. And, and, ahead, and, and, let's be, and let's be very clear. There are counteractions going on. When people suggest sometimes they'll say, oh, there's black-on-black crime and no one's saying anything. Yes, we do. We say it more than anyone else. When people suggest that there's no counterbalance, I just said earlier today, Listen to black media. 
listen to black media. Listen to who the people are and read black media, who the people are who's talking to your com- community. You have to be careful when people come around you and suggest that nothing is being done because those are the same people that are going to other people and say, well, they are not doing anything. But trust me, there are people out here from economics that are doing some great things, and everybody don't have to put it out and roll it down Main Street. Sometimes you've got to hold these things tight until you look up and say, oh, how did that whole new black community open up like they got in with Northeast Baltimore? I mean, the most middle-class community in Baltimore City is now around Morgan State University. And that wasn't the case because at first, Morgan University had walls built literally around the shopping center and the community so that the communities didn't look over at that black campus. Now that black campus represents greatness in our community. And out of that is economic development. Out of that is highly educated young African-American people. And I'm not going to get an interpretation of color. I mean, you know, I've heard this comments before. Let's talk about what the real deal. Are you organizing? Are you mobilizing? And are you taking action? And a lot of that is going on in the city. And I'm just speaking of what the things that I'm familiar with and other people that's got other things going on, share it. Share it on this show. Call up, especially on Friday. He gives you the opportunity to tell everything that you're doing. But don't call up and discredit and suggest that the black community is not being progressive or not being active or not being mobilized and organized. Because if that's the case, you don't live in the black community. All right, let's keep rolling. 13 away from the top. Let's go to New York City. Man 2 is waiting for us online, too. Good morning, Man 2. Yes, uh, greetings, Hotep. Hello, Ghani. Free to land. Um, I'd just like to know, brother, I appreciate your um, updating us on the uh, positive things that are going, the solution-oriented things. Um, how can we hold people accountable for consistency when they uh, may criticize or condemn our system, Marilyn Mosley, but yet have nothing to say about Clowns Thomas, Samuel Leto, and the other, what you call it, brothers and sisters on the Supreme Court who are not uh, doing wrong? who are not doing right, rather, and who are facing ethical questions if we truly had a, uh, you know, true representation. So how do we hold people accountable who are critics of Marilyn Mosby to be bringing the same energy to other sectors, such as the Supreme Court, which um, I just mentioned? Thank you. And continue doing your good work, brother. I appreciate what you're saying. Thank you, brother. I, I, I think you just did it. And and I think that's what we need to do. We've got to start saying names. We've got to start saying when when you're wrong, say that you're wrong. And there are some some radio hosts that you know that that say things that people get uncomfortable with. But then I always have to ask him, is he wrong? If he's not wrong, then listen to him, and then it, or don't listen to him. But if he's right, help him out. Give him some support. If you have a small business and you can afford to maybe buy an ad or buy a stream, then do that. But don't suggest that black folk ain't fighting back. Don't suggest that black folk ain't progressing. Don't suggest that black folk aren't taking care of what they need to do. We are. But you're not going to see that on the 6 o'clock news. You're not going to see that on the, on the network news. You're only going to see it, heal it hear it and feel it is on black media. And that's why black media is so important. Yeah. We give you a chance to free your mind each and every Friday and love to hear what you have to say. Thank you, uh, Mike. And and thank you for what you do. But 
How can we move the needle, though? Because as I mentioned, March is, is a lot of elections taking place, not just locally in Baltimore, but, you know, across the country. A lot of elections. People are running for office. How do we what, what sort of criteria do we use to decide who's for us and who's not who's faking and who's not for us? You've got to hold the when people say, oh, you got to hold them accountable. Two things you got to do. First thing, you got to make sure you bring them into your neighborhoods. You bring them into your communities and you ask that question. Are you a black politician or are you a politician who happens to be black? And then you get that answer. And then you organize around it, even if you just organize your one block. Maybe it's just 10 people on your block. But if you got 10 people on your block that got 10 voters cards and those 10 people go to that particular person who's running for office and say, we're not going to support you. We're going to support you unless you handle whatever the particular issue is. If we don't hold people accountable, they will do what they will do. Case in point really quick. We have city council races that are coming up. You've never heard in the history of Baltimore City when you have council people running for office that have almost a half a million dollars in their campaign coffers. Why? Because other people are putting other money into their campaigns. We've got to send, even if you can just send a dollar, even if you can send $2, but send some money to a candidate, only a candidate that you support. But you've got, as, it, as you said, what is that solution? You've got to bring them closer to home. Because once you bring an African-American candidate inside of your house, inside of your community, then you'll be able to gauge is this the one. The other thing is encourage young people to run for office. Not young people that are skewed in their thought, but young people in their office who are coming out of these institutions of, of higher learning, African-American, HBCUs, and not just HBCUs, but get young people to run. Now, they may not win the first time. They may not win even the second time, but eventually they will be able to win. The problem is, is too many young people decide to jump in the race, in Baltimore City in particular. We've got 17 people running for mayor. 17. Half of the people don't even know the issues. Could we have gotten maybe 12 of those people together and say, back this one candidate? But we sometimes we, we fight each other just for media space. So what we need to do is, as you, you say, we need to listen to the show. We need to contribute to the show. We need to send a few dollars to our candidates, but we need to bring our candidates home. And if I could, before we leave, I mean, the Black Men Unifying Black Men is getting ready to have its 119th consecutive monthly breakfast. We've not missed a monthly breakfast in, in 10 years, in 10 years. And this to the Saturday, March the 2nd, will be our 119th consecutive monthly breakfast when just black men sit around and we talk about the things that we got to change and do within our community. And that's going to be at the C.C. Jackson Recreation Center at 4910 Park Heights Avenue, March the 2nd, from 10 a.m. to 12. And one thing that we do call is you was one of our speakers. We don't charge. We don't charge. We ask you for a donation. But we don't charge you to eat because we never want a black man to be able to come in there who may be hungry or don't have any money, not have an opportunity to eat and to talk to and negotiate with other black men. 
All right, hold that thought right there, Mike. When we come back, Christian in Malibu, California, has got a question for you. Six minutes away from the top of the hour, folks. Our guest is Mike Johnson from Black Man Unifying Black Men. They're having their uh, their monthly uh, breakfast meeting this weekend. We'll give more information about that when we get back in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. Morning, family. Million after the top of the hour. Morning, Cheryl. We're speaking with a holistic doctor, Dr. Haru. But right now, we're with Mike Johnson. Mike is part of the group Black Men Unifying Black Men, and they have their their monthly uh, their monthly event each each uh, each each month at the start of each month, and it's going to take place Saturday. But before we talk about that, uh, close out with that. Let's go to Christian in Malibu. Who has a question for Mike. Christian's online too. Good morning, Christian. Oh, we lost Mike. All right, well, let's go to Christian. I'm sorry, we, we lost Mike. So, Christian, what were you going to say? I'll let you make your comment. Yeah, the attack on Israel happened October 7th. Four days after, L.A. City Council had a press conference. Uh, there's 15 members of the L.A. City Council, and 12 members of the council were at that press, press conference. They had a couple of Jewish rabbis, a couple of businessmen, and he was talking about they have 100% complete support for Israel. This is four days after the attack. Here we are, 100, maybe 20 days after, whatever it is, and you have not heard one city council member speak against the war in Gaza, not one. And six of them are black. And, and before you, you go any further, why why not, Christian? Why do you think that nobody spoke on the L.A. City Council spoke now what's going on in, in Gaza? Why the silence? They don't, they don't want to stand up to the truth. They're, they're, so you only have a few people that will stand up. You know, you take one of these up. These gangs, you may have 40 people in the gang, only two or three be shooters. It's the same thing. Like Malcolm and Martin, they'll speak up. So what they do is they screen these people to get into these positions. They fund them. But these are made men. They know they're not going to say nothing. This is what you're seeing now, and we have to identify them. But the gentleman said, we got to call them out. No, this guy's no good, and you, you out them. That's what I think. All right, Mike, I know you heard the last bit of it. He was saying, yeah. basically, what Chris, Christian was saying that, you know, we have to call folks out. And he mentioned, for example, what's going on in, in Gaza and members of the city council, Los Angeles city council. Some refused to speak because some, you know, the, the Jewish section spoke up for Israel. But the rest of everybody else has, since the, the, the activity started, been silent. And he says, we need to call out the folks who, who are, you know, complicit, but with their silence. That, so I want to get your response. Thanks, Christian. And, and, and that, that applies across the board <clears throat> here in Baltimore, even at different levels. I mean, you know, there are class of people who could do a lot of things and nobody would say anything about that. Nobody would say anything and attack the, the, the Jewish community or, or a person in the Jewish community. They just won't do it, even though they only represent a very small fraction in Baltimore City. Nobody would do that. They've also given uh, the Jewish community security cards. We gave them a sixty, seventy thousand dollar SUV here in Baltimore City to protect their community. To protect and, and, and let me make this clear. I live in the heart of the Orthodox Jewish community north of Northern Parkway, we call that. We always joke that the shortest distance distance between Africa and Israel is Northern Parkway, is a street. Because the whole street changes at that point when you cross over. And I've seen 
how this community is run, protected, uh, and served. And no parts of the community in Baltimore City is protected and served, maybe the little quite rich areas, but is protected and served like this area based on the economics of this area. So, no, I understand that. And I can't fault the friends that I have within the Jewish community for being overly protective of their community, overly protective of their country. The problem is, is we're not. We're not. Uh, 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 Mike, before we let you go, any women invited to the Black Man Unifying Black Men breakfast? I had a question that a tweeter wanted to know. No, it's it's always for African-American men to talk to each other because we always say that if we talk to each other and we know each other, we won't hurt each other. Now, it's interesting because our speaker tomorrow is Marilyn Mosby, but that's because we had invited and she's spoken there before that one about Dr. King breakfasts. But no, this is just for African-American men. What I have always suggested to the sisters is duplicate it. Do the same thing. Once a month, have a meeting with just African-American women. And maybe out of that, we'll kind of get together every now and then and have it together. But this is black men looking at each other in the eyes and saying what's wrong with the black men in our community, what's right with the black men in our community, and what black men are doing in the community. But we can only talk to each other. We can't talk with everybody else around. And that's why, in all due respect, we only no, no, there's no all due respect. There's no apology. We only use African American institutions. We only use African American caterers. And 119 breakfasts, we've never been nowhere but within black restaurants and black institutions, from churches to rec centers and things like that. We do that deliberately because we are the economic machine that drives the black community, not anyone else. Right. Keep recycling those black dollars. And for more information, is there an email address, phone number you can leave us with? Yeah, you can. Uh, if you have any uh, reservation or you want to come by, you want to know where it is, you can call us at 667-273-4808. That's 667-273-4808 in Baltimore. Uh, there's a chapter now in Philadelphia. There's a chapter being worked on in Atlanta. There's a chapter being even worked in Minnesota. People are hearing that we need to have that one-on-one, that group, that not one-on-one, that group conversation with just black men. And like I said, keep the enemies and the spies and the toms outside of the door. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for sharing that information with us. All right. It's Mike Johnson, family from Black Men Unifying Black Men at six after the top of the hour. Let's say good morning now to a holistic Dr. Haru. Dr. Haru, welcome back to the program. Yes, good morning, Carl. How are you? Oh, oh well, Sarah, thank you. Didn't hear you for a second there. But uh, uh, tell you, because you, you've been, uh, you, you, the last time we spoke, you were working with blood pressure because you're saying that was a problem. It is still a problem in the black community. But now you've, you've written a book, a, a, a cancer eradication book. Can you explain how this came about? Yes. Um, so uh, the book that I've written is called The Successful Eradication of Cancer Using an Intracellular Parasite Theory. And uh, this is a culmination of work that I've been involved in uh, 
Yeah, and if you can get closer to that phone, I'd appreciate it because it sounds like you're in a canyon here. If you get closer. Oh, can you hear me? Can you hear me better now? Yeah, yeah, that's much better. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, the title of the book is The Successful Eradication of Cancer Using an Intracellular Parasite Theory. And uh, it's a culmination of work that I've been involved in for about a decade now uh, in the manufacturing of uh, herbal products, uh, really uh, the leaves of the olive tree. I started uh, doing research on health when I found out that there was strong evidence showing that uh, cannabis oil was reversing people's cancer. And this came out of Canada with a man named Rick Simpson. So I started doing my own experiments, and uh, it was working uh, on some people that I had given my own concoctions to uh, extracting the medicine from the cannabis plant using coconut oil. And this is when I was in the Caribbean. And uh, the problem is, is that when I started giving lectures on this, many people would line up and they would want the cannabis oil because they had very sick people who were suffering cancer in their family. I think all of us know people who we loved had died from cancer. Um, and uh, the numbers keep going up uh, every year. So this problem has not been solved. The, you know, the medical establishment has been spending billions of dollars uh, trying to solve this issue, but uh, it turns out that they have the wrong approach. They have a mutagenic approach to cancer when actually it's been shown that it's not only a metabolic disease, but it's also a disease that is caused by intracellular parasites. So in the book, I've gone to prove that through numerous studies. So the first chapter of the book uh, shows that there is medical evidence that exists on the National Institute of Health website. And uh, it's very clear that uh, parasites are at least related to cancer, if not the cause of cancer. And it turns out that uh, they all feed on the same thing, whether you're talking about parasites or cancer, they mainly feed off of glucose. And then secondarily, they feed off of glutamine. And I inadvertently found out, well, originally I found that there were studies that showed that uh, olive leaf extract killed cancer cells between 9 and 12 days. So I found that to be very promising because uh, – Olive leaf extract is completely legal. You don't have to worry about shipping it, whereas cannabis is not legal federally. So I found that it would be a better alternative. And then I found that it was reversing high blood pressure as well. It was reversing high blood sugar and a host of other things. It's a strong anti-inflammatory herb. Uh, I got a phone call uh, in 2016 from a gentleman who called to thank me that his prostate cancer was reversed using uh, the olive leaf extract that I uh, created. And then I got another phone call from a woman whose breast tumors and breast cancer had been eradicated just using the olive leaf extract. So I knew that it matched up with the studies, but I didn't know the particular mechanism of action until I ran across some more research uh, a few years ago showing that it was actually intracellular parasites. And it made sense because olive leaf extract is a great killer of parasites. So uh, as uh, we've been doing this, I've developed a protocol, and we've been getting strong reversals of people with uh, cancer, stage 3 cancer, stage 4 cancer, uh, 90 days to live. And they'll go ahead and do the protocol that I've developed. 
And I'd like to talk a little bit about that protocol, but people can find out the information when they go to herbalresolves.net where they can get the book and they can look at the scientific studies and get any products uh, that would be relevant. Um, All right. so, well, hold on. Uh, let, me, let me jump in and I ask you this, though, uh, Dr. Heru. Let me ask you this question yeah. uh, as far as cancer is concerned, because, you know, people have said that there is actually a cure for cancer, but because of the pharmaceutical industry, they don't want to release it because they make so much money treating people with cancer. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't think that the medical establishment is incentivized to cure anyone. I think the medical establishment, I mean, typically when you go to your doctor and you have high blood pressure, you have diabetes, they tell you that you have to take this medication for the rest of your life. We found that that isn't true. We've easily reversed uh, diabetes and high blood pressure within 30 days, and we are getting uh, results of tumor shrinkage within 30 days, if not the complete eradication of these tumors. So the medical establishment is not incentivized to heal anyone. I think that COVID showed us this that the emperor literally wears no clothes. There was no information on the immune system during COVID, which would be uh, supplementing with vitamin D3. There was no understanding of the mechanism of action of COVID and how it replicates and how the RNA polymerase is the you know center of the cell that actually replicates the virus. And you could easily shut it down with zinc. You know, but you need something that will open up the zinc channels, something like quercetin, something like uh, olive leaf extract, something like ivermectin, something like even hydroxychloroquine, which was politicized. And um, there's, you know, a whole lot of stories behind that. But, um, yes, there have been people who have been successfully treating cancer. There's people who reverse their cancer just with fasting. Some people have reversed their cancer with boosting their immune system with high-dose vitamin D3. Some people have reversed their cancer with antiparasitics, whether it be uh, fenbendazole, ivermectin, uh, olive leaf extract, and what have you. So what I've done, Carl, is, is that we are here to solve our problems. We are not waiting for any institutions to solve our problems. We know through our history uh, in this country that uh, it is up to us to solve our own problems. And so I would just tell people to take a serious, serious look at the information that I have, take a serious look at the interviews and the testimonials that we have on herbalresults.net, where we've gotten reversals of endometrial cancer, stage three. Um, we've got reversals of breast tumors and breast cancer. We've gotten reversals of prostate, esophageal cancer, all different types of cancer, because it all starts from the root problem. So the root right. Problem. And hold that thought right there, Dr. Haru. We got to take a short break. And when we come back, though, I'll, I'll let you continue the discussion. And then please tell us why it seems like prostate cancer inordinately affects black men. What is it that we're doing differently or what is it we're not doing? Maybe you can explain that for us. Families 14 after the top of the hour. You want to speak with this? Dr. Haru is a holistic doctor. Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. And we'll take your calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, or information is power. And good morning once again, family. 21 minutes after the top of the hour, our guest is holistic doctor, Dr. Heru. Dr. Heru has written a book. It's, its book is titled Eradication of Cancer Using an Intracellular Parasite Theory. And we got some folks who want to talk to you, Dr. Heru. Before we do that, though, I'll let you respond to my question about prostate cancer because it seems like a lot of brothers have issues with, with the prostate. Why is that? Yes. So um, I would say that it's not just prostate cancer from what, I'm, what I've been seeing. Um, in terms of our people, 
uh, we've gotten uh, hit with uh, high levels of not just prostate cancer, heart disease, uh, diabetes, kidney failure, all of these are metabolic illnesses. And one of the reasons is, is that we do not have properly functioning immune systems. So when you look at the women, uh, you'll see uh, you know, ovarian cancer, you'll see breast cancer, um, you'll see that uh, we have some of the worst results. What I would do is I would point you to a study of uh, Somali refugees that were uh, living in Sweden. Sweden has a very liberal policy of um, allowing refugees from Somalia into their country, so they built a whole building uh, for the people's like projects. And what they found out within a few years, these people had the worst health outcomes in terms of cancer, in terms of survival rates of COVID, in terms of heart disease, diabetes, when these people never had these illnesses before. What are the reasons for that? Well, the reason for that is that you took a people who are living in a tropical climate who are having exposure to sun, and sun is what we need for vitamin D. The immune system functions highly on vitamin D. It's the main fuel for the immune system. Most of us are walking around with completely shot immune systems. The immune system is exactly what fights cancers or intracellular parasites from replicating and becoming a problem. All of us have precancerous cells in our body, and if our immune systems are completely shot because we are in foreign environments where we do not get exposure to the sun, we are walking around with depleted immune systems. As a matter of fact, Carl, uh, they will tell you that a healthy immune system is anywhere from a blood level of 40 or 50 to 100. Most black folks in America are walking around with immune systems and vitamin D systems, vitamin D levels below 20, Carl. And if it's below 20, it is like you were walking around with AIDS because what's happening is, is that all types of opportunistic infections um, and inflammation start happening in the body where the body can no longer fight these things off because your immune system is completely malnourished. We do not spend time outside like our ancestors used to. We are in offices all day. We're cooked up inside, and if we live in northern environments during the winter, we are definitely vitamin D deficient because no one's outside because it's too damn cold. And people are not getting enough sun exposure to get vitamin D. That's why I always promote vitamin D supplementation, particularly for our people. And so now you have people walking around with shot immune systems, if you can visualize this. Um, and then you will see that, according to the CDC, all cause mortalities, all cause mortalities, that means death for all types of reasons, increase in the months of December, January, and February. And they call that flu season. It's not flu season. It's actually low vitamin D season. So now your body is susceptible to all types of opportunistic infections. And so that is coupled also with terrible diets that are completely foreign to us. And so we are eating foods that cause us inflammation every single time that we eat. And these foods are processed carbohydrates. That is the most deadly food, particularly for our people, because you have depleted immune systems coupled with food that is causing inflammation every single time that we eat. It causes insulin spikes. Whenever insulin is spiked in the body, your body goes into a state of inflammation and fat storage. That's why you see people that are overweight in our communities. Most people that you see under over 40 are overweight in America, whether it be black or white. But amongst our people, most of our people over 40 are on medications that they are told they're going to have to take for the rest of their lives. 
and not even knowing the side effects of these medications. And so it's a whole storm, Carl, and we are addressing it uh, in a very succinct manner, uh, and we're getting all types of results that are shocking, all types of doctors, oncologists are being shocked by the people that I'm working with. They are sentenced to die and sent home and told that their cancer is inoperable, you know, go home and die. And then the people end up calling me, and we go through the protocol of changing the diet to a ketogenic diet, which is a carbohydrate-free diet or a low-carbohydrate diet. And I advise everyone, at least if you're going to do a change in your diet, at the very least, all processed carbohydrates must be taken out of your diet. That is the white flour, the white rice, the sugar, the high-fructose corn syrup, all of that has to go. Vegetable oils, they have to go because they are toxically made. I would only advise unrefined coconut oil, unrefined virgin coconut oil for people to cook with. Um, even olive oil is not good because they mix it with canola oil. i ask you a quick question, Carl. Do you know what a canola is? No, I don't. What is it? <laughs> right. There's no vegetable called canola, but we... That is the number one selling oil that we use to cook, and people don't even know what it is, right? That shows us that this system knows more about us than we know about ourselves. We have a phone called a smartphone, which we can look up anything in the world, and we refuse to do that. And we just end up uh, ingesting things that we don't even know what they are. And so I'm telling people to take health into their own hands because we cannot rely on the medical system that is incentivized to actually keep us sick. That is how they stay uh, uh, afloat, by having more beds filled in the hospitals. But if people just understood what diet does to the body, most medical doctors, when they go to medical school, they take only a few hours of nutrition, so they do not know the interaction of nutrition and health. They are just health sickness managers. And so, and you can look at most of the doctors that you know, most of them are, un are unhealthy themselves. Most of them have high blood pressure themselves. Most of them have insulin resistance themselves because they're eating the same foods that everyone else is eating. And so this is a very important, important aspect of it. And because of the approach that we've had, Carl, we've been able to reverse the unreversible. And, um, right. and, you know, and hold on a second, Brother, Brother Heru. We've got some folks who want to talk to you. So I want to get them, if you can help them out, I'd appreciate it. 28 after the top of the hour. Let's start with Sister Sarita calling from L.A. Sister Sarita, good morning. You're on with Dr. Heru. Yes, good morning, Carl. Thank you for taking my call. As you know, I've, I've called in several times regarding um, fibroid tumors, high blood pressure. Thank God, so far, no diabetes. Um, but I am interested in change. I'm on your website now, doctor, and I see where you guys have the maximum strength olive leaf. However, it's it's out of stock. It's it's yeah. not it's this out of stock. So, but I was yeah. seeing where it says that um, it also helps with fibroid tumors. Um, yeah. I have been fasting on the fasting, meaning that I only eat within a ten hour um, time, you know, and then stop for fourteen hours. Um, but I know also that that doesn't make a difference when you're still putting in your body the same thing, you know. Um, but mm -hmm. can you touch on definitely the hypertension? I uh, over about a about about a few months ago, I had my blood pressure was two hundred seven over a hundred, and so it was up. Yeah. And of course, I'm overweight. 
I haven't been eating properly. Uh, I grew up eating properly, however, because I grew up with natural foods. Basically, mom, she cooked from scratch, everything. I, 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 we didn't do white flour, white rice, white, we didn't do that. So I, I know what mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do, but I also want to take it a step further. Um, sure. I grew up on, on vitamins, taking them daily and stuff like that. So I know what I'm supposed to do, but I could use your assistance with direction for sure. sure. And I'll take my sure. comments off the air. Thank, thank you so sure. much. No, no problem. So um, a couple things. Uh, just on the website there, the maximum strength is sold out. We've had a run on our product, um, great demand for it. So we are manufacturing more. But the super strength olive leaf extract is available, and you would just take double the dosage to equal the maximum strength. So you can get that. But in terms of high blood pressure, um, when you go to the testimonials, you'll see uh, many high blood pressure reversal videos on there. And what we simply do is this for high blood pressure. What you have to understand is, is that uh, because of uh, you having uh, extra weight and then you also have a high blood pressure, what you have is a telltale sign of metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome is basically that every time you eat, you're, tr- you're triggering an insulin response. This insulin response causes inflammation. High blood pressure and heart disease is because you have inflammation of the arterial wall. And so what you do is you cut out all of those processed foods, that timed eating window that you're talking about, 10 hours. You can try to shrink it to maybe six hours. So you do 18 hours, no food, and then you have a six-hour eating window. And during that six hours, you, you eat ketogenic foods. And you can just look it up what a ketogenic diet is. It is a low-carbohydrate diet. And then you will take anti-inflammatory herbs, anti-inflammatory herbs, olive leaf extract. If you don't want to get olive leaf extract, you can use black seed oil. You can use turmeric. Um, there are different anti-inflammatory herbs because what it is essentially is, is that inflammation is the root cause of most of these illnesses. And the root word of inflammation is flame, fire. And the way we know that is, is that sugar, when you eat sugar, it can burn a hole in your teeth, which we call cavity. So now imagine what sugar is doing to the soft internal organs. It can do that to your teeth, which is the hardest part of your body, your teeth and your bones. It's burning a hole through it. It's called cavities. And so now you have sugar build up in your body. You have insulin resistance. The insulin plays a role of transporting glucose, which is, you know, the byproduct of sugar. And it is actually a fuel source for the body. The body uses two fuel sources. It uses sugars and it uses fats, which is referred to as ketones. It will use sugars first because that is the way that we evolved. And what happens is is that when your body triggers insulin by having sugar in your body, the insulin is a transporter of glucose from the blood to the cell for energy. But during this time, there's a price to pay. Once insulin is triggered, your body goes into a state of inflammation. And what happens is, is that the sugar causes fat storage in the body. It's not the fat that's actually, it's kind of counterintuitive. It's not the fat that you eat that's making you fat. It's actually the sugar because your body goes through fat storage. Now, it takes 12 hours for your body to burn off all the sugar to then transfer over to burning fat. But most people in America do not go 12 hours without eating, which means that most people in America are constantly in a state 
of information in a state of fat storage. That's why you have that excess fat. I wish that this was just explained to people so people could understand it. That's why the intermittent fasting and the time-based eating is so important so that your body can transfer over over 12 hours into fat burning. From your last meal, you've got 12 hours for your body to be in a state of inflammation and a state of fat storage. But after that 12 hours, 12 to 14 hours, your body goes to a state of fat burning in a state of healing. But most of us in America, because we eat so frequently, we do not ever get to that state. That's why people gain weight and they gain weight and they gain weight. I personally, uh, I advocate to do at least a three-day fast every three months. This is a perfect way. And Dr. Huru, hold that thought right there. We got to take a short break. We come back. Crawford in Pennsylvania is holding for you. Agree in Miami. And Sean John in Baltimore. They all want to talk to you, but we'll take their phone calls in four minutes right here. We're 26 away from the top of the hour with Dr. Huru. He's a holistic doctor right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. And in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. And good morning, family. You just joined us. I guess this holistic doctor, Haru, has written a book about cancer, eradicating cancer. He's got a bunch of folks who want to talk to him. We'll get to them momentarily. Let me just remind you, though, coming up shortly, later this morning, we're going to hear from Brother Siddiqui. He's going to give us an update on the latest AI, artificial intelligence developments. And tomorrow, Thursday, we're going to wind down Black History Month 2024 with Grio, Professor James Small, and also clinical psychologist, Dr. Jerome E. Fox. So if you are in Baltimore, make sure your radio is locked in tight on 1010. W-O-L-B. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 W-O-L. All right, uh, Dr. Here, I mentioned some folks want to talk to you. First up, Crawford is calling from Pennsylvania. Crawford's online, too. Good morning, Crawford. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? We're well. Yeah, we're you have a question ahead. or a comment for Dr. Haru? Well, um, I'm, I'm his guest. So whatever he would like to ask me. I've, I've been oh, on, he on told you to call. Yeah. All right, Dr. Haru, your, your question for Crawford. Yes, um, Crawford is a, is a case that uh, a lot of people need to really hear. And anyone's tuned in, I would I would say that pay special attention to Crawford's case. Um, Crawford, you want to tell them about your prostate cancer uh, experience? Absolutely. Um, about six years ago, seven years ago, well, let's, let's, I'm not even go that far, that far back. I, I used to live in the Dominican Republic. Came home in 2019, just before the pandemic, and found that my PSA was at 40.625. I remember that number specifically because I was 10 times higher than I should have been, according to the medical doctors. Um, of course, they put the fear of God in me, and um, I'm a nat- natural path, and I, I don't like taking things that's not part of, of nature. So I sought out looking for things to do in terms of fighting cancer. And I got on a um, change of diet, a change of lifestyle. I did all of those things. So over the, over from 2019 to 2021, my PSA kept climbing and gone to the point where it had gone to 150. And the inflammation in my body was so bad, I couldn't breathe, couldn't walk. I really thought I was going to die, literally. And I started doing, taking herbs and doing a whole bunch of other things, try to, um, try to get away from the inflammation issue. I didn't know that was the problem. I didn't know that was the problem until I met um, Dr. Haru. 
and I explained to him what was going on, and he told me I needed to take the olive extracts and do the, and follow his fasting protocol. I did that, and within five months, six months, my PSA started falling. My doctors, who were trying to push me onto all kinds of treatments for cancer, was like, "Well, how is your PSA going down?" And they wanted they were asking me all kinds of questions I wouldn't ask them because you know if they didn't know, why should I you know tell them? And that's how I felt about it. I was really angry about it with them. But to, to make a long story short, my PSA went from 150 inside seven, eight months after meeting Dr. Haru down to zero. And I'm trying to keep it that way. I still suffer a little bit from inflammation from time to time, you know, but I, I take my extract. I have it with me. It's like my, my best friend. You know, I encourage anybody who, any, any male particularly, who is who's suffering from prostate cancer, it's the hardest thing to do is a change of lifestyle. But if you want to survive it, it must be done and get into a strict regimen of changing how you eat and the things that you do. I still do like exercises. I take long walks. I do a little jogging, do a little push-ups. I'm 62 years old, so, you know, I'm working on getting back into some kind of physical condition, which is critical. I do 10 to 15, sometimes 20,000 international units of vitamin D with zinc and vitamin K. I have a, you know, my desk looks like a pharmacy, but it's what's keeping me around, and I'm okay with that. So if anybody oh, has wow. any questions, you know, of course. Yeah, Crawford, could you talk about the tumor coverage that was on your prostate? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, the prostate was the size of a of a small lemon, and it was it was inc- it was uncomfortable. I couldn't pee for a while, and they kept giving me medication to try. To, to help me pee. But after I got on a regimen with the protocol, that inflammation of the prostate started going down, and I actually took myself off the medication. And the doctors said, oh, you got to keep taking this stuff. I said, I'm not going to keep taking that stuff. I, I took myself off. And to, to today, I don't, have, you know, I don't have any issues with urination. I don't get the irritations. I don't get any of those symptoms I was having before. Is simply by maintaining and controlling the inflammation, which is critical, which I learned was metabolic syndrome after meeting Haru. And that, to me, set me off on a path of doing a lot of research, looking at all the studies he's done, and I've done some additional studies, and just making sure that I keep myself in that space. And oddly enough, as Dr. Haru says, they, they know, the doctors know, and they won't tell you. And the ones who don't know, they can't tell you because they don't know. Let me ask you this, though, Crawford. What's your urologist say now when, when looking at you right now, seeing what you see before and after? What's he telling you? Well, they keep saying, oh, well, we want to you know, find out what's going on. I said, there's nothing going on. I asked you these questions before. You couldn't answer them. I found somebody who's good. I'm just, you know, I keep away from it because they keep sending, it's actually, they send me drugs all the time. <laughs> like, you need to stop sending the stuff. Because, <laughs> you know, I used to be in New York. So they send the drugs to Pennsylvania. And I'm like, wow, they don't get it. It's about money. It's about keeping you on the drugs and keeping you, keeping you around to pay whatever money they calculate your life is valued at at that time. And I refuse to be part of that. Now I'm not saying well, that. I remember. I, I remember. I, um, I, I'm sorry, Crawford. I remember the note. Yeah, um, go ahead. In your particular case, that your prostate was covered with tumors about ninety percent. Yeah, ninety percent of mm. yeah, they did the um. What is it called? The um, the, the um, 
uh, uh, when they take the samples out. And um, they took out the biopsy. The biopsy, thank you. They took 12 cores. And the 12 cores, I was classified stage 3 cancer with, uh, using the Gleason test. And 90% of the prostate was covered with cancer. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. And, I and then when you went in and, and got a test after you did the protocol, uh, what did your doctor say after well, they, they tested the you? That all the, the numbers kept coming down, the PSA score kept coming down. And the prostate started reducing in size because they did a couple of scans. And they just like, well, whatever you're doing, you know, um, you should keep doing it. And then they kept trying to ask me, you know, like, again, my attitude is that if you don't know, why are you asking me? You know, because they kept saying, oh, we only, we only believe in the science. That's why I wasn't open to having a discussion. They were telling me, yeah, you can eat sugar. Don't worry with the drugs. You can eat sugar. I'm like, what? I mean, I'll be honest, these guys are not, they're not wrapped tight. And if they tell someone they can eat, then knowing sugar, it causes damage and inflammation. All those things, it was, it was, it was odd for me. But um, I was able to talk to Haru. He put me on his protocol. And we've since modified that protocol to even make it even better, which is if you look at his new book and his new processes, it's better than what I did. So those who are having issues like this would, would benefit a great deal. And stay focused, stay, you know, stay true to it. Um, sometimes you may feel you're not seeing the results. I promise you the results are coming. It took me six or seven months, maybe eight months, to really feel the difference. And the first time I went on a protocol, I lost 30 pounds. I was, like, I was really really in bad shape, overweight, close to 200 pounds. I lost 30 pounds, three inches on my belly. And um, mm. every I, I, I'm going through the protocol every three months religiously. All right. And Crawford, uh, thank you for sharing that. We've got a bunch of folks got questions for Dr. Haru. Thank you for your testimony. Incredible. But thank you. And, and I'm happy to know that you, you're on the mend. Let's, let's take some calls for Dr. Haru because we're racing the clock. Line, line three, agree is in Miami. Agree? Good morning, uh, uh, Mr. Nelson and Dr. Haru. My question is, um, the public health system is based on a white male model. And since we black people are the original people, and we are biologically and physiologically different, uh, what standards should we use um, when it comes to our diagnosis, our hypertension levels, our diabetes levels, what, what our prostate level, what, what um, system should we use? Should we create our own system? Interesting um, question. Go ahead, Dr. Heru. Thank you, Agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, that wouldn't hurt to create our own systems. But at the end of the day, what I can tell you is, is that uh, a great majority of our people are sick. Um, we've, got, we've got people, you know, when you look at the statistics and the death rate, um, our people are not living uh, long, healthy lives. And a lot of it has to do that we are in a completely unnatural environment. And I agree with you as African people. Imagine, and this is, again, back to the story of the Somali refugees that I talked about. When they looked at those people, they found that the 
thread of all of them was that all of them had vitamin D deficiency. Talking about vitamin D levels below 20 because they were not in their natural environments. What I'm going to tell you is that if your immune system is shot, you can forget about health. When we start looking at the vitamin D levels and what vitamin D does to health outcomes, it has health outcomes for respiratory illnesses, for diabetes, for cancer, for high blood pressure, because also inflammation can be covered by vitamin D. So if you have a people who have been taken out of their natural environment and put into a tropical people, put into cold environments, if they are not doing things that are going to combat the environment that they live in, they're going to have the worst health outcomes. And that's what you saw with the Somali refugees from Africa and Sweden. So imagine that uh, you have black folks in America who have been here for centuries in, in, in America. And, you know, our grandparents used to be healthier than us. They were outdoors. They were um, out in the sun a lot more. We are not like them anymore. And we are completely sick. We are on medications that they were never on. We are not... Uh, we are not making it uh, to a ripe old age as our great grandparents used to make it to. And you would think that there's an advance in science, but there's actually been a devolution in our health. Um, just about everybody that you know over 40 is either suffering from high blood pressure, diabetes, cancer, kidney failure, autoimmune illnesses. And there is a reason why. And that reason is, is that one, you're in an unnatural environment, your vitamin D levels are low, and every time you open your mouth to eat food, you're eating processed food. And it's so bad that in the grocery stores now, there's a pharmacy. So they make it very convenient for you because they know that the food that they're giving you is going to make you sick. So they make it a one-stop shop. Get your so-called food and then get your medication. And that's what they've got everybody on. But the keys to health are simply and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, when it comes to cancer, when it comes to high blood pressure, when it comes to all these things, cut out the refined carbohydrates. That is the best thing that you could do for yourself. White flour, white rice, any of these things form sugar into your body within 10 minutes. Take anti-inflammatory herbs and boost your immune system. When it comes to cancer, your immune system needs four things. And I'm going to say this to people. This is all free information. Your immune system needs four things, vitamin D3 plus K2, magnesium, and zinc. Those are the four things that your immune system needs. And so all of us should be taking those supplements for any types of inflammatory illnesses, which would be high blood pressure, diabetes, cancer, autoimmune illnesses. All these are inflammatory illnesses. Everyone should be taking an anti-inflammatory herb, whether it be oregano oil, olive leaf extract, uh, turmeric, black seed oil. This should be a uh, regular part of your regimen. And then when it comes to eating, institute fasting. It's free to fast. You know, institute right. fasting. Right. And hold that right there, Dr. Heru. We've got to take a short break here. We've got a bunch of folks still got questions for you. But uh, when you come back, though, I want you to give out those four in ingredients, those four, four that you said that we should take vitamins, that we should take to ward off all those uh, all those issues, medical issues that many of us have in the black community. It's six minutes away from the top of the hour. I guess he's Dr. Haru. He's a holistic doctor, and he's got a, a new plan to eradicate cancer, and he says it's working. You just heard from a, a one person in Crawford, a call from Pennsylvania, who said it worked for him, and it will probably work for you. 
Give us a call at 800-450-7876. We'll see if we get as many people as possible before we speak with Brother Siddiqui. In four minutes, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. And good morning, family, and thanks for staying with us uh, 21 minutes after the top there with our guest. He's a futuristic researcher, Brother Siddiqui Bakari. Gives us all the latest information on in, uh, AI, artificial intelligence, and the developments are going so rapidly. We just talked about Tyler Perry, you know, putting on hold his, his plans to expand his studio complex because of this new technology now. You can just make movies just by typing in just like a chat GPT. And you got actors, the screen, the whole nine yards, a dialogue, you know. So he's put that on hold because he saw that was coming down the pike. And before we left, we were talking about the, the, the uh, I guess, what the, the dependency, if you will, on, on uh, social media. And one of the reasons I brought that up, uh, Brother Siddiqui, was this one, this, you know, what's going on in the Middle East, in Gaza. Well, one of the countries there is, is starting, to, is training 13,000 young people to go online and to put their part of the, the fight that was going on in Gaza. You think you'll be talking to somebody, you'll be talking to trolls. And they say 90% of the trolls are coming at us, and it's going to be, they expect it's going to be increased because we're moving now in the next month into the political season. So I want you to talk all about all of those things for us. Yeah, well, none of those things are new. Um, that was going on on MySpace. Um, so, I mean, none of those things are new um, in regards to um, voting and things of that nature has been computer fraud. So none of those things are new. So again, it's about um, certain mainstream media aspects of how things are going to be seen in the public. These things are intentional. Um, it's not haphazard. Most of this technology is not new technology. It's promoted as new technology. Um, as I've talked about before, last year there was a massive media propaganda campaign in regards to the future of technology and artificial intelligence. Um, that was definitely intentional to create this notion of fear. Um, it was a psyop, a, a psychological psyop, um, to make people be more involved in technology, to be more addicted to technology, to be more enamored by technology. Um, those things are um, easily proven. I've proven it for 15 years. So this this type of programming is in cycle. So last year you had um, a lot of programming regarding ChatGPT and what we're seeing now. Um, you know, there's not going to be any more jobs for humans and all these, like, not, <laughs> all of those, don't let the hype fool you. Uh, you mentioned ChatGPT. Initially, when ChatGPT came out publicly, um, they were talking about, oh, it has a 90 to 95% success rate and, you know, all of these different things. But when the smoke cleared, those who really <laughs> wanted to know realized that it only had a 5% success rate. But after all the propaganda, <laughs> after all the it's changing the world and all these millionaires are going to be created and you're going to get left behind. And, you know, that GPT is smarter than humans and, you know, all of this propaganda. 
it only had a 5% success rate. Now, even with the Tyler Perry situation, um, let's look very closely at that because we have to understand when we deal with Hollywood and the mu- music industry, certain people are used for certain reasons, all right? We don't hear Paramount Studios saying that in regards to um, what's happening with the technology, right? So we don't hear these major studios really concerned about um, the ability that they're saying that the, the technology has at this point in regards to movie making and things of that nature. Yeah, because they, they they know they're gonna you're gonna need distribution. So you can make it if you make it in in the bathroom. Chat G, DZ, uh, Chat GPT uh, video text to video. This is what it is, and you just type it in just like you do uh, a regular Chat GPT. Those of you who used it, and but you you go to use the one the component with the video component, and you describe mm-hmm. the scenes and the storyline, and then mm-hmm. you, the actors and what they look like. You do all of that. You know, yeah. and, and it comes out into a movie, and that's and right. that's the concern. But for us, who who are gonna, you know, and this is a question I'd ask you. Even with that, and and with with the boats that are on there online, the, all these folks that come online because of the political season, as I mentioned, what's going on with the, one of these countries you're trying to sway persuasion of the people that they what they're doing in Gaza is correct, and and uh, but they've got they've assigned a bunch of young people to, to do that, go online and and, and try to confuse the issue. Mm-hmm. Is there a way for us to determine if it's real or if it's a, it's a boat, it, uh, or if it's real or if it's a chappy GPT generated movie or or book? Because they can write books now with Chat GPT. Yeah. Well, Is there a way that we can people, tell? Well, sadly, most people won't be able to tell because most people aren't truly tapped into their own being. When you're tapped into your own being, you're tapped into authenticity. When you tapped into authenticity, you know when you see true creation and true manifestation, right? So this is going to be a major issue in the arts world, right? So I know when I see <laughs> when I see something that is uh, AI orchestrated, um, but a lot of people won't know the difference. So this is why a lot of stories came out in the last year that were false stories, but people thought they were real stories because they could not recognize the AI-influenced um, images and things of that nature, writing and things of that nature. So what we're really saying, and, you know, um, shortcuts, right? People who are serious about the process are going to deal with the process. You can't master anything without embracing and going through the process. So what this is going to create is more shortcut takers. Um, and again, the people who know the difference will understand what real creativity is versus what is not, right? People think they're going to get a better product, but in essence, they're not going to get a better product, whether it's books, whether it's movies or whatever it is, because regardless, there's certain things that chat GPT and those type of uh, operational systems or language models will never be able to duplicate. Well, let me ask you this uh, at 28 after the top of the hour. Will this people sort of jaundice the effect what's going on on, on the Internet, on, on social media? Will, will, you know, will this be the death of the Internet? Because you never know because you not now you don't even know who you're talking about, whether the story is true. How do you see the future of the Internet with all this going on? Well, the Internet's just going to get more and more interesting. Um, 
<laughs> stories, as you mentioned. You know, I see things all the time, um, but, you know, people won't study, people won't research. It's going to put those people at a disadvantage. So a lot of people are already posting things that um, is not true, is not historically accurate, um, is made up, right? Um, so it's going to be a lot to deal with in the future in regards to technology. And, you know, the people who will be fine will be the people who understand that their spirit and their soul is more important than any of it. And I used that example last week in regards to um, the phones being out for certain people, the digital phones. You know, people have put so much of their lives into technology that they literally didn't know how to operate. You know, when I was growing up, Carl, you know, at eight, nine years old, you know, I left home and it was trusted that I would make it back <laughs> before those street lights came on at eight years old, right? I was equipped to, uh, you know, cook, you know, basic um, food for myself. Um, I was able to stay by myself and do all of those different things at eight years old. Um, I had instructions. I followed those instructions, you know, got myself to school, got myself home from school. And many of us had that upbringing because our parents were working, right? So um, there was no technology to for me to call my mother at, <laughs> 12 noon on a digital phone, right? So, you know, that's something that we've lost in a generation. So now when the phone goes out, you know, people literally don't know how to um, problem solve, don't know how to, you know, deal with situations not using their phone. And again, it's the addiction. And the addiction is what people don't understand is happening. Now, the government does, because I've always said, and every time I come on your show, Carl, I talk about AI, I talk about technology, and I talk about it as a mainframe for war every time. And I always say the war is on and for our minds. Right. You mentioned telephones. Let's talk about that in a second. 30 minutes at the top. There's a story, uh, I think, in, in one community that uh, they, they had imitated Joe Biden's voice. And he, he told it, calling all the Democratic folks and telling them not to vote. How how invasive is this? Because the people, it sounded exactly, they, they can clone a person's voice. Mm -hmm. And I understand that the, the, the crooks are doing that. You know, they, they clone a person's voice and, and have them ask their, their, their grandparents to send them money. And the grandparents think they're having a conversation with their grandchild mm -hmm. and end up sending mm -hmm. them money. So somebody mentioned, I just think it was Brandon mentioned that on Monday. How how do we get around all this kind of stuff? Because they're usually for, for negative issues. So how do we get around it? Or is there a way around it? Well, the scams are just going to continue to <laughs> evolve. Uh, let's be clear about that. But, you know, again, um, this is why we still need to understand the technology. Doesn't mean we have to have every aspect of technology um, in our lives. The ones that's necessary, we can use those to assist us um, as long as it's not taken away from, you know, who we are, our spirit, our soul, our consciousness and things of that nature. As um, long as we're not giving more to the technology than it's actually giving to us, um, so to speak. But, you know, those things are going to happen. It's going to be used uh, for many different purposes in regards to manipulation and scamming people. 
you know, across the board, those um, aspects of human experience or people activity that Neely Fuller and Francis Crest Wilson has talked about for decades, um, we're going to see that in all of those areas. We're going to see the manipulation that you're talking about, the voice cloning and all of those different things. Um, we're going to see that in all of those different areas of human experience, and there's, there's no way to get around it, and much of it is government orchestrated. We're coming up on Brad. When we come back, though, hey, help us out here. Is there a way we can use this new technology, this AI, to help black people, to, to help solve some of our problems? Is there? And it, do you know of any black persons who are involved at that level, at the top level, who's using it for the betterment of black folks? Uh, I appreciate the response when we get back, Brother Siddiqui. Okay. It's 26 minutes away from the top of our family. Our guest is uh, Brother Siddiqui Bakari. He, he's a futuristic researcher, and sometimes he's going to use some words that you probably ne- uh, never heard of. You know, but don't be, don't be, uh, don't don't get obsessed with the words or the phrases that he uses. You know, they're not there to confuse you. But he, uh, hopefully, he'll simplify them so you'll understand what he's trying to teach us. As I mentioned, we got to step aside, take a short break. You got questions? Eight hundred four five zero seventy eight seven six. You're causing four minutes right here in Baltimore on ten ten WOLB. If you're in the DMV, you're on FM ninety five point nine and AM fourteen fifty WOL, where information is power. And good morning, and again, family. Twenty two minutes away from the top. There, I guess the. Futuristic researcher, Brother Siddiqui Bakari, he's the one who keeps us updated what's going on in the field of AI, artificial intelligence. Before we go back to him, let me just remind you, coming up tomorrow, we're going to hear from Professor James Small, uh, one of our grills, and also clinical psych- uh, psychologist, uh, Dr. Jerome E. Fox will be here as well. So if you're in uh, Baltimore, make sure your radio is locked in on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, you're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. Brother Siddiqui, before I let you respond, if this, you know, find out if we can use this AI artificial intelligence to move us as a people or solve some of our problems, Craig is calling from Silver Springs, got a question for He's on line one. Good morning, Craig. This is Chris. Hi, Carl. This is Chris calling from Silver Spring, not Craig. My, okay, when, Chris. When I was when I was coming, in, he he got my attention when he said when he when when he said the people were disguising the President Biden for his. I grew up, back in the day when I was coming up. We did not. There was no such animal as a cell phone, car phone, etc. We did not have no. We did not even have no cell phone. We only had the regular landline telephone, and back then. And you had to be home when the street lights come. We came home from school because my mother was a school teacher. And I came home many a day by myself and, and had my after school snack. But back then you had to call. She was out of school and I used to have to call her on the regular. And they said, well, I'll let mom know you're home. We did not have all this, all this fraud stuff. This has gotten to be downright ridiculous and scary because somebody can take your credit card number, order stuff on your phone and charge it to your, and then you get bills and stuff. You ain't never even heard of it. I think it's terrible because people have got. All right, Chris, let's, let's give him a chance to respond. It, it, Brother Siddiqui, Chris says it's it's terrible. This new the the, the new developments in AI, artificial intelligence, because he mentioned all the negative things that are being used with with this new with this new technology. Your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, to a degree, um, there's definitely some truth to that, and that's why I mentioned the situation last week when the phones went out the digital phones, um, the phone companies, right? So there were issues um, 
I wouldn't necessarily trust what was being said in the media. But obviously there were issues. Um, it probably was a drill. <laughs> um, you know, because people need to understand that when you deal with grids and things of that nature, um, at some point there's going to be issues, whether it's intentional or whether it's just something that is by nature, right? So when we look at the technologies and, and like the caller is saying, there there's definitely some things um, that's very problematic when we deal with these particular technologies. People use the technologies, but they never research the technologies. People never ask themselves, well, what was the initial purpose of the Internet? People don't ask those questions. Um, but it was obviously um, surveillance and, you know, things of that nature. That was the purpose initially. It was it was for an aspect of war, right? Same thing with media. Um, that's the reason the media was um, um, controlled in the uh, 19-teens. I don't remember the exact year, but that's the reason the media was controlled, if I'm not mistaken, by the Rockefellers. That was the reason for it, to control, have a mechanism for control and a mechanism for programming. All right. So um, these are things that they it just is. So when you also who's in control of the technology. So when we deal with that and you're dealing with a system and a system that has been proven to be corrupt, a system that has proven to be psychopathic, a system that has proven um, to mainly not give the people anything that is going to benefit them from a standpoint of um dealing with the system itself, all right? So when you look at things from that perspective, then you understand what happened last week. You understand why people were losing their minds, why people, you know, they if they couldn't get on social media, they didn't have their phones. Oh, I can't contact my child. Like, your child should already know <laughs> to wait for you when they get out of school. Like, these are things that shouldn't be issues or problems. Like, you should already know how to get to work and still be able to get to work and still function that day without your phone. So this is a dependency, and this is why I mentioned addiction. People do not understand what's happening as far as an addiction. So now what happens also is all of those characteristics that people have within themselves, low self-esteem, um, insecurities, fear, trauma, paranoia, all of these different things now come online at a more advanced rate, all right? So these are the things that, you know, we're dealing with, that once that dopamine hit, once once the endorphins, um, you know, become a, 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 a neural program, so to speak, in regards to, you know, how people respond emotionally and things of that nature, once they log on to Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and, you know, all these other social media platforms, there's literally an addiction like alcohol or like other types of drugs. That's what we're dealing with. All right, hold that thought right there. 16 away from the top. Now, John is in the ATL. He's online too. Johnny, good morning. You're on with Brother Siddiqui. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How y'all doing? Hope y'all doing well. Great. Man, I want to take a different. I want to take a different take on AI. My take is, how do we allow people to become more comfortable with this technology? And I'll use myself as an example. About five years ago, kind of got out the corporate, the corporate system, right? And a year ago, I started using AI for my proposal. 
right? Because uh, I, I knew what the technology is coming now. In the last six months, I've been using it a lot. Do you know I don't need to depend on anybody to submit my proposals to the government? In the last two months, I received three separate $4 million contracts by myself, right? That's what we need to do. Embrace the technology. I'll hang up and listen to your comments. All right. Thanks, Johnny. Brother Siddiqui. Well, again, as I've stated, if the technology can benefit you um, without compromising who we are, your spirit, your soul, uh, integrity, morals, things of that nature, fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But then there's an issue of when we say things like embrace technology, right? That's a problem because if people don't know what the technology is and the purpose of the technology, because again, it's better than just a particular, a certain individual, right? We have to look at it from a whole perspective, right? So let's say, okay, we, we say let's embrace the technology yet. The technology is doing and the people who control the technology are doing everything to disconnect us from who and what we are and to attempt to connect technology to who and what we are. Now, what do I mean when I say that? What I mean when I say that is this. They're already telling you that that technology um, has a soul, that technology or more specifically, AI has a soul. AI is conscious. AI is sentient. AI is all these things that humans are. See, these are discussions we don't want to have. We only want to have the discussions about, oh, because I did this, this is what I got from technology, right? But again, 15 years ago, all these things that I said would happen and would be problematic and be issues are now here. People are confused. People don't understand AI. People don't understand the different technologies. People don't understand it's a war. The technology is military. People don't understand that. And, of course, the promotion is going to be, oh, we can create all of these millionaires with chat GPT. You see it all the time. Take this class for 99 cents all the time, all right? That's the purpose. So people don't understand what the technology really is. They told us the same thing with religion. What has that done for us? Right? So these are things we have to understand, how things are being co-opted. And now technology is being used to co-opt many things. What, what do you think is happening to history? Because of technology. Right? So these are things that we have to really pay attention to. What's happening to the arts world? Because of technology, right? And I'm not anti-technology. Obviously, there are things that we can use technology for. We can use technology to assist us in teaching. I can do a class and I can have people from all over the world in the class because of technology, right? But the difference is, what am I doing with that technology? I'm teaching people how to be the best self that they can be. I'm teaching people how to overcome fear. I'm teaching people how to deal with trauma. I'm teaching people how to attain their goals and things of that nature. So the technology is only a bridge. It is not something that is being deified and edified. All right? So we have to know the difference and understand it's not just about how it benefits us, but it's also about why 
um, a study came out last year talking about the the young the young adults going into military and how they had so many lower leg issues, mainly knees, tearing anterior cruciates, ligaments, um, and couldn't get through many through the uh, the camp, right? Because they weren't in shape. Why weren't they in shape? Because the majority of them was sitting in front of a television playing virtual games. These are the effects that we have to understand taking place. How it affects us neurologically. All oh, this is backed by science. It's not just me talking about it. It's backed by science. <laughs> but people aren't looking for that because it means that they have to do something. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Yeah, we'll get to vir- virtual reality in a moment. 11 away from the top there. But yeah. I got a tweet question from Gail. Gail says, my Facebook site, I believe, is hacked. I post information to uplift black people. My likes, nor my followers are counted. Is this Facebook or is this another source? Well, I'm, it's Facebook, right? And even if it was to be another source. So we can't say we have this technology that can do all of these things but can't stop um, fake profiles and things of that nature. So you, you understand what I'm saying? Stop hacking and things of that nature. We can't we we can't promote the technology and say all these things. Meta's this, Meta's that. We can't we can't do that. All right. So um, when you deal with that algorithm, people need to understand. Also, people think that they control the algorithm. You don't control the algorithm. Facebook controls the algorithm. Period. People need to understand that. All right. So if you're teaching. Um, things to uplift our people. Don't be surprised if you go from 300 uh, reactions to 10. That's just part of the game because Facebook is not there to assist you to educate educate your people against the system itself because Facebook is the system. Instagram is the system. TikTok is all of those social platforms are the system. And they're there for surveillance and counterintelligence. Oh, repeat that again. They're there for surveillance and counterintelligence. Well, again, what's stopping us from having our purpose. own? Yeah, what's stopping us, the brother Siddiqui, from having our own platform, social media platform? I'm sure there's yeah. out there, but we're still using the other folks. What's what's up with that? I mean, I guess that's a question that the people are going to have to figure out, but it's obviously, you know, it's obviously psychological because in most cases, um, people treat, (laughs) people treat, uh, white products differently than they treat quote unquote, you know, black products. And and that's just something we have to understand. People get spoiled. Uh, people get entitled, you know, people get used to Amazon and, and all these big corporations yet you have, people who sell those same products who look like you, but people don't want to deal with those people who look like us, right? They don't have the same patience 
that they have when they go to conglomerates and, and major corporations and things of that nature. They don't ask for discounts when they go to Ralph's or wherever they go. They don't ask for discounts. They know the price is the price. Um, they don't try to shake you down. Um, you know, they don't leave uh, horrible types of messages, right? So, you know, it's a psychological thing. It's self-hate involved. There's a lot of things involved, jealousy, envy. You know, it's a lot of things involved, um, you know, in this process. So even when we deal with something like black social media platforms, um, and I've, I've been on black social media platforms and other black people just really aren't. And, <laughs> and that's problematic, right? That's problematic. So, um, you know, we need a psychological overhaul. We are here trying to mimic psychopaths. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Hold that thought right there. We'll come up on a break. When we come back, though, uh, tell us about, because we're talking about the Internet right now. Um, we want to get into virtual reality. But the Internet, are there different levels of the Internet? We keep hearing about the dark Internet. Is there an Internet? Is there a space that we can't get on, the regular folks can't get on? Is, the you know, the people can talk to each other, other folks? Who don't who, who necessarily don't want the average person to mm-hmm. get involved? That's my question. The different levels, because you said all oh, this was was all military before, and, yeah. and the internet was has been around for decades. But now they mm-hmm. f- figured out it's safe to the dust of the John public can now use it. But do they create a space for themselves? I guess that's my question. You know, if people like Putin, if he wants to talk to his mm-hmm. people, you know, can, can, on the internet, on their internet, and nobody else can see it or view it. So I'll let you explain that when we get back. Six minutes away okay. from the top of the hour, family. You want to join this conversation with Brother Siddiqui Bakari? Reach out to us at 800 450 7876, and we'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB and also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. Where information is power. Keep and good morning, family. Minute after the top of the hour. Thanks for staying with us all morning long. Interesting morning, as usual. Our guest is futuristic researcher, Brother Siddiqui Bakari. And before we left, I was asking the question about the different levels of the Internet, because the Internet has been around, as Brother Siddiqui has been telling us, for decades, but it was used for military. Now mm-hmm. it's opened up for the for John Q. public. But is there a different level? Because we keep hearing about the, the dark net where, where all the, this all this other crazy stuff is going on. Is some of the mil, is the military carved out a level for themselves so they can talk to their people and, and correspond with their people without the rest of us knowing it? Absolutely. Of course, it's different levels. The the internet that the public has access to is is play play. <laughs> More than anything, it's just it, again, it's another psyop. It's a psychological operation. It's used for what it's used for. It's used to distract people. It's used to do the many other things that it does to people, um, especially the social media platforms. So we know that the social media platforms itself is government. Facebook is government. No one can deny that. Um, um, they're using your the information you share on those platforms. They're using them to build brains and things of that nature. Um, the, the reactions and all of those things, the loves, the likes and all of that, um, that's being used to get emotional templates um, of humans and things of that nature. So, I mean, that's undeniable. That's what's happening. Um, but what I do want to go back to is chat GPT, right? And, um, those aspects of technology in its many different forms, because what I do 
desire for people to be clear about is let's talk about some things that you are not getting in the media, right? Because it's easy, you know, for me to just show you and prove to you um, why you're not hearing these particular things in the media. They are selling you a product, right? So let's look at ChatGPT. Let's look at its drawbacks according to numerous sources, all right? Biased answers, incorrect answers, no emotional intelligence, lack of insight, no thinking capability, overly wordy, lies, plagiarism, no sentience or consciousness, racism and discrimination. All right. These are the drawbacks. How come they don't tell you these things, the many promotions that you see on Instagram, Facebook, um, media and wherever else you see, you know, the the marketing and promotion of chat GPT. Why don't you see those things? Why don't why don't you see the, the notion of plagiarism? and lies and incorrect answers, racism and discrimination. Why don't you see those things? Because you wouldn't buy it. It's important that we we know this. Now, I can get to the benefits, right? And the reason I really don't talk much about benefits in regards to AI and technology is because you're besieged with that all day, every day in media. So why do I need to talk about it? You see what I mean? So that's the reason I really don't. talk about the benefits of these particular things because you're already programmed by those things anyway. Um, But the ability to work with photos. So with most people, we already know what that means. That's vanity. We're talking about vanity. That's what it means. Um, It says information synthesis. So what is that talking about, right? Gathering information. Most people don't want to go through the process, do those things, do the research themselves. Again, we're talking about a shortcut. Streamline and work. We're talking about a shortcut. Why can't you streamline your own work? Because you're distracted, because you're worried about what celebrity is sleeping with, what celebrity. You can't tap into your own creativity, your own being, those type of things. That's the problem. People want to take shortcuts, right? That's what we're dealing with. Increased productivity. Well, What's wrong with your productivity? Why can't you increase your own productivity? So we don't want to go through the process of mastering the foundations or formulas for us to be able to create and manifest whatever it is that we desire, right? So now we're talking about not using our imagination. I've said before, the imagination is quote-unquote God. So now what we see is these technological um, apparatuses being used to now further take us away from the ability to master our imagination and use our imagination for power, creation, and the many other things that we use our imagination for, right? So these are the things that we have to look at. So again, is it really benefiting you or not? I've written 15 books. I don't use ChatGTP or uh, ChatGPT or any of those type of programs. I write and and do the things I do based on my own spirit, my own mastery, my own thought process, my own creativity, and all of that. And I don't care, Chad GPT or whatever it is, they're not writing something as cold as I can write, period. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta 
and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. All right. Hold that thought right there, Brother Siddiqui. Six after the top of the hour. Let's go to line one. Minister Keith is joining us from Baltimore. Mr. Keith, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing this morning? Greetings. We're doing well. Yeah. You're on with All Brother right. Siddiqui. Amen. Yes, sir. All right. I was saying, well, you know, I was calling about the holistic thing, but I'm going to comment on a, um, a uh, you know, I noticed, like, uh, when I go to, uh, you know, you go to uh, Walmart or the different stores, uh, different retail stores, which is not a lot of that now. There's a lot of things online. But, um, you know, I, I, I try to keep a positive attitude with the uh, young people that's working. You know, they have jobs. But the attitudes and their demeanor and the respect, they don't respect their elders. They don't. They, they just have bad customer service. And um, hmm. that's like a threat to AI threatens their job. They don't realize the AI is looking right at their job because the customers actually run to the self service lines now more than they hmm. do going into a, a person, you know, in a person's line. So I try not to use that, those are self service, just on the fact of trying to keep them their jobs. But mm-hmm. um, when you talk, when you talk to them about the threat of AI, what want their jobs, they look at it like, you know, okay, well, you know, like it's not going to happen, but it's actually right in front of their face, you know. Mm-hmm. And anytime you, go, anytime you go in the store and you see a, a little robot sweeping the floor in Walmart, you're <laughs> like, hold up. You know, it, that thing followed me around the store, and it, it had whatever they have got the program, it can, it can get out your way and stop when you're in front of them and all that. So a lot of people are looking at the attitudes of the customer service and, um, they, you know, they, they're going to be on time. They're going to treat you right, AI. Although I'm, I, don't, I really don't really want to see that AI stuff come. But I'm thinking about they placing, putting things in place to take out everything that a human being can do, which they can't do better than a human being. I, I don't agree with that. But mm-hmm. try, I, try to give, I try to give the young people inspiration, you know what I'm saying, to, to brighten their day up, to encourage them. Because uh, you don't know what they're going through. They're going through a lot out here. But I just want them mm-hmm. to realize everything is on the line with this AI. And mm-hmm. to, to turn their attitudes around and get, really, they need to get God in their life. A lot of them don't, don't have no spirituality. They don't believe in this. They don't believe in that. So what I do, I try to encourage them because I go there on the regular. But what I'm mm-hmm. what I'm saying is this: I'm just praying that they can see the light and get their attitudes in, because this AI can be a, 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 a terrible thing for them coming up, and they don't have jobs, and then that makes that that they, then they lost it. They don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They go out and do things wrong because they don't feel like they can get in the job market. So mm-hmm. my my you know my my, my my thought is this. Each one teach one. And when we get able to talk to them about how serious this is, which it is, because, I, I mean, I never thought I would see this coming. But um, mm-hmm. it is. It's here. It's here. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's a threat. So, right. um, and, and, and Minister Keith, I'm, I'm, let's give him a chance uh, to respond to what you said. Okay. You put a lot on his plate. Okay. Thank you, though, for your call. Yes, and please drive uh, safely. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, so he said a lot um, in regards to the younger adults. 
um, they've been fully enrolled into technology, right? So when he talks about the checkers and things of that nature, um, many of the young adults, well, as well as older adults too, but many of the younger adults here specifically um, have issues communicating because, meaning communicating with other humans, because their communication is mostly on their digital phones, computers, and things of that nature. That communication is emojis and things of that nature. So it's not real communication, so to speak, um, as if you would speak to another person. So they have uh, communication issues when it's time to communicate, when it's time to think critically and analytically, right? There's issues there. So you will see that in the customer service. Now, also, in dealing with AI um, in these stores and things of that nature, um, he's correct from a standpoint of, so what's happening is this. So the corporations, not only do they want you to buy their products, but now they also want you to be their employee and now do an employee's job and check out the products that you're buying. I don't know why people don't think about this, right? Um, but what I did, um, I just read this or saw this or something the other day. Um, and what they're starting to do now is take out these uh, the automated checkers. And the reason that they're doing that is obviously because enough customers prefer to have real customer communication, all right? Real communication with the, the checkers and the employees and things of that nature. So what's happening actually is now they're phasing out um, those automated uh, uh, check cashers where you're doing it yourself. So I think that's great news. Um, I think that's wonderful news because what it shows is, you know, people are beginning to understand that this is problematic, that this is becoming an issue from a stand, standpoint of what's going to happen with um, humans and, and things of that nature um, and, and certain aspects, you know, of the world, certain aspects of human experience and things of that nature. Um, and, you know, people have to, to, to be clear that this is what I do. Every day, what I do is I deal with clients who I am assisting every day to attain their goals, um, to overcome fear, to overcome trauma, to imprint uh, primarily a a upgraded consciousness, so to speak, to rewire their neurological self, their subconscious mind, their central nervous system. That's what I do on a daily basis. So on a daily basis. I'm assisting people to tap more into him or her self, to master him or her self, to make sure that particular attributes are coming online as necessary for them to be all the things that they're running to technology for. All right. All right. So, and, and hold that thought right there, brother. But when you come back, I want you to give us some examples of, of what you coach young young people, well, people. Period. When they come to you with issues about what's going on with this, this new technology, their fears, uh, the, what, what are they scared of? What are their concerns? Share that with us, so the audience listening can understand what you what you do on a daily basis. Fourteen after the top, they are family. You want to join this conversation with brother Sadiq Bakari, 
reach out to us at 800-450-7876. And we'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WLB. If you're in the DMV, we're rolling on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, or information is power. And good morning, family. 20 minutes after the top there with our guest, the futuristic researcher, Brother Siddiqui Bakari. He always gives us an update on the latest AI, artificial intelligence developments. And he has, he has classes and he does, uh, you know, one-on-one with folks who have concerns about AI. So, uh, Brother Siddiqui, what are some of the concerns other than fear? And if, and if you can explain what the fear is of AI, that some of the folks that you have to deal with. Well, again, when, when we talk about AI and fear, it's, it's a psychological operation. Um, and you mentioned the classes. I'll be doing one, and I'll give my email um, shortly so people can email me in regards to um, pre-registering for that class. So uh, from a standpoint of fear, just the notion of um, the propaganda that I talked about, if, um, if, you, don't, if you don't deal with AI, um, you will be left behind and, you know, all of these different aspects of fear programming that's intentionally um, being imprinted into people's consciousness. Um, that's what I mean when I'm talking about it, right? Um, also, when, when we deal with AI and technology, what's also happening is this notion of uh, um us not dealing with our imagination and our intuition. Those are power sources, right? So we have people who so enrolled with the internet, so enrolled with social media that they're not doing the work from a standpoint of the imagination and intuition, right? There is no need for chat GPT and all these other um, operating systems and language models if you're tapping into your imagination and your intuition. Because overstand, what technology is doing is attempting to tap into those things and remove you from tapping into those things, right? This notion of AI um, being, quote, unquote, God and all these different things, AI is smarter than humans. You know, all of this propaganda um, that's creating fear in people because what does that mean? I'm not enough. Right. So I need this to do this. I need this technology to do this. I need this technology to um, keep up, you know, all, all of these different things. So, um, again, it's about people not wanting to do the process, people wanting to take shortcuts. And this is real. And the majority of people want to take shortcuts. All right. So these are the things we got to deal with. So we got people on social media. We got people online dealing with technology, dealing with all of these different things, yet not dealing with him or herself, not dealing with um, control issues, being overbearing, resentment, um, low self-esteem, self-sabotage, controlling, make excuses, immaturity, entitlement, pettiness, anxiety, depression, spiteful, passive aggression, stubbornness, emotional numbness, lack of focus, distracted, hormonal imbalances, always feeling threatened, uncontrollable reactions, all of these different things, lack of discipline, lack of consistency, all of these different things that people are not dealing with because they're distracted by technology, all right? This is important that we understand these things. When you do understand these things and you are working on yourself, it's easy to understand, okay, this is the role of technology 
what it's going to be in my life, um, what I choose to do or not do, right? The the borderlines that I have and things of that nature, those things are very important. And that's the conversations that we're really not having. We're having too much of people just regurgitating what they're hearing in the media by the very people that's giving them those subliminal messages or messaging to program them and to fear-based control them, all right, and to move them in a certain direction and to think that this quote-unquote technology um, is so necessary. We've gotten here not because of the technology. Like, let's, let's just know that and be clear of that. So that's the pursuit. Let me, let me jump in here and, and throw this on, 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 on your plate as well, uh, Brother Siddiqui, because, you know, many folks are involved with social media and they tell all their business on social media. Yes. With what they have, to, where they're going on vacation, the last yes. drink, and the new pair of shoes, and all that. How detrimental is that to the to the individual, or or is it? It, it doesn't matter. You, you know, you got all your business on. So, who you know, you broke up with your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Right. All all your personal stuff. Explain that to, to the audience for us. What well, I can be detrimental on, oh, on many levels. There's so many angles. Uh, we can deal with that or errors, we can deal with that. But first, let's be clear. It's attention whoring, right? People don't want to deal with it for what it is. It's attention whoring. Why are people attention whores? People are attention whores because they have psychological deficiencies. People are attention whores because of low self-esteem, because of insecurity, because of childhood trauma, because of many other aspects as well. So that's where the attention whoring comes from. They're not fulfilled in their lives for whatever reasons. So that's where the attention whoring coming. That's why women are posting selfies two and three times a day. This is why people are literally giving a snapshot of their lives every day, which means they're just teaching AI. <laughs> That's all they're doing is teaching AI. Then from a standpoint of security, people wonder why they go out of town and they come back and they've been robbed because you told everyone that you were going out of town. You you took pictures and you did all these things in real time while you were out of town, <laughs> right? So, again, people lose their minds, right, because of the attention horn, um, because of the psychological deficiencies, because of the, you know, look at me, you know, which most of those things are not authentic things anyway. Usually they're fake. Um, so, you know, that's what people are dealing with. And just looking at Facebook itself, um, that was a creation of DARPA. Right. Like people don't want to do research and pay attention to things. And this is old research. Um, that's DARPA. Project Lifelog. That's what we're talking about. Facebook builds AI that sees, hears and understands everything we do based on what we give to it. That's why it asks people what's on your mind. And guess what? People tell you, tell it what's on their mind. So if you're going to be on those platforms, have a purpose to be on those platforms. That's what I tell people. Have a, do you have a product? Market your product on that platform. People are there. That's where people are at. Market your product. Be there for well, a reason. Let me jump reason. in and ask you this then. Uh, uh, since you say marketing your product at 28 after the top of the hour, was that, in your estimation, I'm sure, because just many people saw the interview with Shannon Sharp and Cat Williams, 
it had so many likes and people commented on it and everybody wanted to get a piece yeah. of the action and how many likes he got mm-hmm. and all of this. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you assess that? Is, is, was, was Shannon Sharp just selling his product? Uh, and, and what's, and what is it with our folks that are so interested in other people's uh, lives like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said when we come back from the break or now? No, no, go ahead now. We, we got some time. Oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, people are interested in other people's lives because they really don't have anything going on in their life. Um, a lot of these people themselves uh, would like to be celebrities. So they live their lives through the lives of the celebrities, not understanding that the lives of the celebrities aren't authentic lives to begin with. The lives of the celebrities are illusions, right? You deal with Hollywood, um, you're dealing with illusion. Hollywood comes from Hollis wood. It's the type of wood that was used to perform magic and things of that nature, a wand. So that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with magic when you deal with Hollywood. You're dealing with illusions. That's what you're dealing with, witchcraft and all of those different types of things. So what people think they're seeing, they're really not seeing. Right? So people see things and think, oh, this person is really living this way. Right? Not understanding that that's not how this person is living. It's all a facade. Right? And people are living their lives through the lives of people's lives that are an illusion, right? And also um, what AI is also helping to create are neural pathways and bridges that people um, are having in their brain called synapses, right? So what it's doing is it's creating these pathways now that further attach people through stimuli that is negative, or through stimuli that is disagreeable, or rumor, or gossip, the lives of other people, and all of these different things. So again, these are psychological things that people don't understand because they don't understand psychology, the brain, and all of these different things, and how things are being used to manipulate and control people and to program people, whether it's emotionally, whether it's psychologically, and the many other aspects of uh, programming that's taking place. Can can we use it then? Because it's using us now. If could we get that many likes? If we if 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 Shannon Sharp and Cat Williams were talking about something productive, something to to fight, go against white supremacy. Do you think that that would be attractive to our people? No, because that would mean people have to do something. See, this parallel is is, is necessary to be made. Knowledge is one thing. The application of knowledge is another thing, all right? Now, at the same time, though, let's not, um, <laughs> let's not act like the, the word of mouth is not powerful. However, the word of mouth wouldn't have been as powerful moving from mouth to mouth for something that you just mentioned as opposed to basically um, things that are happening in Hollywood celebrity truths and celebrity gossip, so to speak. You see, there's a difference there. But again, it's about the the programming and the stimuli and how we've been imprinted into victim consciousness and lack consciousness and poverty consciousness. So those things parallel. So we've been programmed to to, uh, respond to stuff like that? Is that what you're telling me? Absolutely. But it's not overnight. 
It's not something that's overnight. We have to be clear. Those images, people think images don't matter. When, when people watch televisions and movies, they think imaging doesn't matter. They think the, the reality TV shows and all of those types of programming that they keep putting in our face don't matter. People think slave movies, those things don't matter in how it affects our being, how it, how it ties us back to childhood trauma, how's it t- how it ties us back to um, so-called slavery, how it ties us back to all of these things that have never been healed. So you're saying that the affinity for, for like the real housewives of uh, whatever city you want to throw in there and people, all of a sudden, these these uh, these individuals who are just the average women, uh, all of a sudden now they're celebrities and, and what they do in their lives. We're inquisitive. We want to find out what they're doing, what they're going to do next, or they're going to fight. You, you, you're saying all of that is, is planned, pre-planned for us? Is it, and if, if that's the case, is it a distraction? And I'll tell you what, I'll let you respond when we get back. And JR in Ohio okay. has a question for you. Family, you two can join this conversation. Brother Sadiq and Bakari, reach out to us at 800 450 7876, and we'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, or information is power. And good morning once again, family. 22 minutes away from the top of the hour with futuristic researcher, Brother Siddiqui Bakari. Get back to him in a moment. Let me just remind you, coming up tomorrow, we're going to hear from Griot Professor James Small and also clinical psychologist uh, Dr. Jerome Fox. They'll both be here, so make sure your radio's locked in tight on 1010 WOLB if you're in Baltimore. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. So, Brother Siddiqui, these real housewives of whatever city just throw the city Mm -hmm. in there. And when Dr. Wilson was here, she told us to avoid watching stuff like that because it, it, what it does, it just perpetuates dysfunctional black families and black people. So she, it's because of that, I haven't watched any of those shows because I keep reminding, remembering what she said about those folks, those shows. But are those particularly put on what Dr. Wilson was saying to shape, to I guess, to reinstate the stereotype of dysfunctional black families? Absolutely. And the war is definitely on the black family, every aspect of it, the black man, the black woman, and the child, period. There's a, there's a total war on the entire family, but then there's an individual war on each aspect of the family. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Yes. Gotcha. All right. At 21 away from the top. JR is in Ohio. She's on line one. Has a question for you. Good morning, JR. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Mr. Nelson, Baba Nelson, and uh, Brother Zadiki, Baba Zadiki. Um, a quick observation before I ask my question. Since, uh, like y'all were just talking about, oh, God, I'm so sick of hearing about Cat Williams and all the stuff that came after. But the funny thing is I read into, like, what uh, he was just saying when he kind of was talking about, now remember, 
just because somebody is presenting something one way doesn't mean that that's necessarily, you know, the way someone is living. It also doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what I thought I heard. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, it was, and it was funny to me. Well, not really funny. When it was all going on, just, again, that, that those keyword phrase you always use, mass psychosis, just using that moment as an example because black people, oh, Negroes got deep in yeah, yeah, I'm getting a good spot because you, you sort of going in and out on the phone with us. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Better. And, um, but it was just like how everybody just ripped on and it was the truth. And it was just a weird type of mass psychosis, I felt. Um, just mm-hmm. watching how quickly people's um, ideas were shaped because somebody's supposed to be telling the truth, as I say, with the F. But um, mm-hmm. uh, but hopefully, I don't think there's a lot you can do with it in the time that we have left. But a couple things. I wondered if you have any additional insight at the present as it relates to the thing that we've all stopped talking about, but the COVID hysterics and the follow-up to thereof, much of which, of course, we're never going to fully understand for another 20 years the mass effects of people putting that stuff in their body and how it relates to, um, I remember you were key back during um, a certain era talking about how it relates to the cell phone towers and the activation, Mm -hmm. uh, things that go on in our body related to that. I just wondered if you had, A, any kind of um, brief insight. Like I said, it's hard to do in a limited amount of time, I understand. Um, Or maybe even your, your response is just simply, hey, I'm kind of observing, and we'll we'll look at it later. So that's A. Yeah. And then B, just um, any very brief, concrete um, little things that can help people. Because when we talk in the bigger format of um, when you're online, you don't even know what you're looking at, whether it's AI or not, all of that's very true. But maybe you can just briefly hit on how we can even affect if if one must be on a a, a, a YouTube, for example, and I do use it for certain things. Like I had to teach myself to not even click on certain things, even if it is being uh, marketed to me by way of the algorithm, because I look not even just that it's AI, but certain things, you just make a decision what you're clicking on, because like you said, it's actively learning from you, learning what you like or it thinks you like. So how we can better navigate even just that simple step, be careful of what you're clicking on and what you're allowing this algorithm to learn about you, if that makes any sense. So both of those are very broad. Maybe do what you can with it. And I thank you all for um, listening, and um, I can't wait to hear what you got to say on it. Okay. Thanks, JR. Excellent. So, number one, COVID, <laughs> everything that I said from day one is happening. Um, I definitely talked about we will see an uptick in all of these different types of ailments, uh, high blood pressure, heart attack, strokes, cancer, all these different things. And we have. That's like no one can deny um, how that's going up, you know, 100, 200, 300, 400 percent since this notion of COVID appeared. 
All right. So meaning people getting the jab and those type of things and people can be wherever they are. But the bottom line is time reveals things. So now we've had what, four years. So we definitely see um, that those things have happened. They're still happening and they're going to continue to happen. We will see something like a quote unquote COVID again. Um, I thought that would have already happened. It hasn't, but it will. That's something we need to be clear about. It will happen. Um, that was a test. There will be another test, and we have to be prepared. Now, as far as how we deal with technology, clicking on things and things of that nature, you have to be careful what you click on. It's going to keep giving you whatever it is that you click on. If you click on porn, it's going to keep giving you porn. If you click on shoes, it's going to keep giving you shoes. Whatever you click on, it's going to keep giving you. So you do have limited control of your timeline and ads and things of that nature based on how you operate on your timeline or whatever uh, social media platform that you're on. Um, you do have limited control of that. However, you're still going to have things that's going to come into your timeline um, that has absolutely nothing to do with the things that you click on and, 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 you know, what you deal with on your timeline, all right? So people just have to be very aware of what they're clicking on and not clicking on, have a purpose for being on social media or being on the Internet, have a purpose. Um, that's important. But most importantly, work on yourself. That's what I'm here for, to assist people to work on themselves, because when it's all said and done, what you're going to have is yourself. If grids go out, all you're going to have is yourself. You're not going to have technology. So what are you going to do? So must, what's most important is working on ourselves, working on our goals, working on fear, working on trauma, working on low self-esteem, working on insecurity, working on self-sabotage, working on all these things that's very necessary. So that's what I do daily. Those who are interested, um, I, I'm definitely booked, but, you know, if I may have a slot or two open for someone who is serious, um, ready to go to the next level. Just email me. I'll give you that information in a sec. The class, I got to say this. The class is coming up. You have to email me if you would like to be part of the class to pre-register for it. You can email me. The class is the AI PSYOP, excuse me, the Alien PSYOP, AI virtual reality, and sensory deprivation. Nothing out here like this. So you can email me, SadiqiBakari at Hotmail.com, S-A-D-I-K-I-B-A-K-A-R-I, SadiqiBakari at Hotmail.com. If you are on Facebook or Instagram, you can message me on Facebook or Instagram. It's just SadiqiBakari, my name. All right. Uh, 13 away from the top. I have another tweet question for you because you mentioned DARPA and the tweeter says, I believe that the climate is being controlled. What is the benefit in manipulating our weather? The, well, anything being manipulated by the government is a benefit to the government. Right. So that's first. Now, if we're talking about manipulating weather, then obviously we're talking about manipulating water, manipulating food. So why would those things be done? Those things would be done in order to obviously manipulate our bodies, whether that's 
psychologically, whether that's physically um, and spiritually. So that would be the purpose. And when we say whether manipulation and modification, understand we also dealing with um, um, manipulation from a standpoint of, of magnetic manipulation, so to speak. All right. Meaning um, nanotechnology, nanobots and all these other types of things. So that's that's an entire conversation in itself. But all those things are prevalent when we talk about weather modification, water, as well as food. There's there's things that's intentionally being put in what we need most, air, water, and food. Well, let me jump in and ask you this then, because, you know, speaking to some folks in Detroit yesterday, and it was like 80 degrees, and they were freaking out because, you know, Detroit, February in Detroit, 80 degrees. It's just unheard of. Uh, should they be concerned when, when when you hear, you know, instances like this, you have that kind of summertime weather in, in the middle of winter? Well, the main concern should be our own bodies, our own temples. Um, I know we get we really get caught up in what's going on externally, but ultimately we're going to have to put more focus on what's going on internally. We're going to have to put more focus on our bodies, our spirit, our soul. We're going to have to put more focus on that, our imagination, our intuition, our subconscious mind, our central nervous system. We're going to have to put more focus on those things. And, and I got to hear part of the interview with the brother that was on before me. Um, that's very necessary. Absolutely. Those are important conversations that we definitely need to have. Like we need to put focus on ourselves and our healing on whatever level it is that we are talking about. We need to focus on that because the other things ultimately become distraction. Well, let me ask you about the technology, though, this new technology, because it seems like there's nothing we can do. We either roll with it or we sit, sit on the sidelines. If you're sitting on the sidelines, they're going to tell you, hey, you're missing out. So how do we handle that aspect of the, this new technology? Well, I'm not telling people to sit on the sidelines, to be clear. What I'm doing is people need to understand what balance is. Your life shouldn't be technology. Now, if technology can be used in certain aspects, great. But that shouldn't be your life. You have a purpose. What is your purpose? What are your goals? What are you here for? Focus on those things. Like even with technology, it's chat GPT, chat GPT, chat GPT. But at the end of the day, what people need to really pay attention to is what's called spatial technology, right? Because with the spatial technology, which takes us into augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, and all those different things, now they're talking about tapping into your psychic abilities and, in essence, deterring you from focusing on your psychic abilities, all right? So we're talking about the senses, right? That's what we're talking about. So now they're tapping into your senses. I talked about this years ago with sixth sense technology. Now they have these other aspects of what they're calling spatial technology is just basically that on steroids, sixth sense technology on steroids. So they're going into your senses with the what they're calling new um, technology that's coming out in regards to um, augmented reality, virtual reality, which they're calling spatial technology, dealing with your sight, your hearing, and all of these other different things, your imagination, of course. Um, so these are the things we really need to understand, and this is why I'm saying focusing on our imagination and our intuition, because that's what the war is on. 
our imagination, and our intuition. Because an um, intuition taps us into past, present, and future, which is Sankofa, right? Um, Western science turned it into what they call uh, uh, exponential growth. But in essence, it's just Sankofa. When you understand Sankofa, you're dealing with exponential growth. This is what we have to understand. That's what intuition is, all right? Imagination is our creative force and our creative source. This is what they're tapping into to use it against you. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Are you referring to the third eye? All of that. Absolutely. Third eye is included. Pineal gland, yes. That's included. That higher aspect of divinity. Brother Siddiqui, real quickly, how close are they to creating, because we talk, we didn't talk about transhumanism uh, today, yeah. but how close are they are to some of these robots that can have feelings, cause they can hate, they can, they can smell? How close are, are they ever going to get that close to it? Those dimensions. No, that will never happen. A robot cannot be sentient, cannot be conscious. None of those things cannot have feelings. Now, when you look at the propaganda and the media, that's what they're telling you that they have. <laughs> but no, that that will never happen. Um, they can't have a spirit. They can't have a soul. They can't be conscious. They can't be sentient. Uh, and so then whenever the robot does it, it's, it's, it's because a human put it in there, correct? And saying correct. that then, it's just... Absolutely. Yeah. It's a program. It's been programmed. All right. Listen, it's we just had a flat out of time. Before we go, though, Brother Siddiqui, how can folks reach you one more time? Again, my email, SiddiquiBakari at Hotmail.com, S-A-D-I-K-I-B-A-K-A-R-I, SiddiquiBakari at Hotmail.com. You're emailing me for one-on-one consultations or you're emailing me to um, get in the the next class to pre-register the alien psyop ai virtual reality and sensory deprivation gotcha thank you brother siddiqui thank you for sharing this information with us this morning family we're done for the day you stay strong stay positive please stay healthy we'll see you tomorrow morning six o'clock right here in baltimore on 1010 wolb also in the dmv on fm 95.9 and am 1450 wol where information is power